So welcome back to the Diaries of the Wild Ones. I want to give a really big thank you to Wild Earth Australia because I'm just so stoked to be a part of their team. Through them, I get to meet the most amazing adventurers because as a company, they are really supporting people that are just getting out there and giving life a really good crack. They're just such a good company that truly believes in the adventurous lifestyle. So a big thank you to them. Now, if you need any gear for your next adventure, running, hiking, camping, climbing, survival, you name it, there you have it. So go to the website, wildearth.com.au and put in the 10% discount code, Diaries of the Wild Ones, all one word, capital letters. Free shipping Australia-wide, they even ship internationally. Okay, I am so honoured to have had the opportunity to be able to hear Bernie and Rana's story. You want an adventure story? This is a wild adventure. A very different adventure because this is real. Like this is this is life and it shows how precious life is, how amazing the gift of life is and how strong love and family is. This story is a little different for Diaries of the Wild Ones. It's it's a love story and a magical one about the gift of life. I really have to take my hat off to this couple because I couldn't imagine going through what they have been through. It's a long story, but it needs to be. And I left this recording with such a different insight into life. I'm here telling people's adventure stories about travels, but what about the crazy stories that are happening at home inside people's everyday-to-day lives? This really gave me an insight into love and family and really made me think a lot. And I hope it does the same for you guys too. Enjoy. Yeah, stretch out, man. <laughs> How good, just fully stretch out. So I just put, man, I just put this pillow up behind my back. You got a pillow behind I got your something back? behind me, I don't know what it is. I'll just wait, you got to, I don't know, you got to flick that behind you. And then, yeah, yeah, get a little cushion. Yeah, you comfy, man? Yeah. Oh, I think so. Yeah. Here we go. Oh, Bernie. Yeah, mate. Hmm. Oh, how's this? You got a fresh beer? Fresh beer. We've got to tick all the boxes. Fresh beer. On the be- how's this? We're on the beach in the troopy with the back doors open, yeah, with the moon like nearly it's nearly yeah, I full. Know. How clear I is this guy? Wait, I'll turn these lights off. Well, it might be bright enough, you reckon? Nah, so we can see a bit more of the beach. Oh, that's epic. How's that? So we can see each other, but also see the ocean. Yeah. Fuck, that is sick. All right, you comfy? Yeah, mate. Are we <laughs> recording already? Well, it's recording, but the thing is, I cut it whenever. Yeah, right. It's just okay. we just start talking. Yeah, sick. Yeah, but actually, first of all. Fuck, dude, thank you so much for reaching out because, like we were just talking in the car, heaps of people reach out, but I can, it's hard for me to um, catch up with them because I was saying to you, like, for me, the podcast is about being able to connect with people and have these experiences and learn from people and, like, and like have an adventure with someone. And I, I can't do it through Skype or Zoom or whatever. It kind of takes away from the experience for me, which kind of sucks for the listeners because I miss out on telling a lot of people's amazing stories yeah, yeah. because I don't get to be there with it's them. more intimate it's, yeah. yeah it's so good yeah. so this worked out perfect you reaching out to me and i just happened to be cruising through pottsville yeah like coming up to the gold coast from my place and then we got to come down how's that for your idea let's go down the beach and then like yeah well, we should have lit a fire too it's perfect fire yeah anyway it, fuck <laughs> it's a nice night man it's so good it's not even that cold nah <laughs> yeah it isn't eh? nah actually today was really hot it was a nice day i was i drove up from crescent ahead today in the sun, and then because of that COVID stuff, yeah. the border crossing was in like I was yeah, telling you, it was insane. At 45 minutes sitting in the sun, I was sweating. Yeah, I got to mum's place, 
And I got out to give her a hug and she's like, she ran out so excited because I haven't <laughs> seen her for a few months. She ran out so excited and then she's just like, God, you stink. There's <laughs> probably no aircon in the trooper either, eh? Yeah, and I haven't done laundry for six weeks, like I was telling you. I started buying new... I live in the bush, man. I don't have a laundry machine. Nah. And there's no laundry mat. you got to go to Port Macquarie for a laundry mat. Really? There's none in Crescent and there's none in Kempsey. So I've got to go to Port and it's just I never go to Port. How far is that from? 25 minutes and then you get it. Yeah, 25 minutes. It's oh, only right. 25 minutes, but it's yeah. like a, there's never any reason for me to go to Port. Yeah, yeah. And... I've been planning to come up here the last two weeks. So as I really started running out of clothes, I'm like, oh, I'm going up to mum soon anyway to see mum and like, and cruise up because I'm about to do this trip up North Queensland. So I'm like, oh, I'll do my laundry up there. And then I, it was like two weeks longer I was down at my place. <laughs> yeah, I remember <laughs> you saying, oh, my work's been pushed back another way. He's like, oh, that's all good, man. No stress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I just got stuck, man. But we're here. You, we're here because you're, you're going to... You want to um, tell us your story? Yeah, it's it's different. <laughs> it's different to what you usually get people on to do, but um, my story... I'm from WA originally. I grew up in Bunbury, southwest WA. Wait, Bunbury? So that's only like, what, an hour south of Perth? Yeah, it's pretty much smack bang in the middle of Perth and Margs, mate. Oh, really? Is that, what, is that an hour? How far is Margs from Perth? Yeah, it's like an hour and a half south of Perth, so yeah. Margs is like three hours south. So like is that, that where the, um, where the North Gen- Point is? No, no, that's Gracetown. Oh, great, okay. Yeah, yeah, Gracetown's where North Point is. Yeah. And you're bustled in with a massive jetty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you grew up over there. Grew up over there, and, um, I was working on the mines for a bit, and, um, that's actually what made me want to want to change and move over here what were you doing in the mines i was taing for um electricians uh welders fitters yeah yeah just um what shit what, kicking. what fly and fly out yeah fly and fly out from perth up uh, at the wheatstone project wheatstone where's that is that in pilbara yeah it's just um near onslow you know onslow yeah yeah you can how's you can hear those waves yeah, it's no, actually kind of so nice. nice it's so nice and, and the mic's probably picking it up but it's so nice to sit here with the, those waves in the background yeah but fuck man what was the roster four and one. Oh, you man i've done that before four and one it's no good it's eh? it's it i lost it I, I was pretty good for I did 10 months, and I was permanent night shift. Oh, really? Nah. And I didn't see my girlfriend for five months, because she was in Canada at the time, my ex-girlfriend. And then she came out. I took a, I took a swing off. I took it like six weeks off, and she came out from Canada. We had this hell time together. And then she went back to Canada, and I went back to work. And I was back out at work. I mean, it wrecked me, man. Yeah. It, it wrecked me. And I was out in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the desert, two and a half hours from anywhere, and I, just, I, just, I broke down one day. I remember I was in the truck. I pulled up and I called her. She didn't want to talk to me. She was annoyed that I was, like, so far away. And, like, you know, it started, like, being detrimental to the relationship. And I was so lost at the time. So I didn't know. And I, man, it was, it, I had a full breakdown. And I yeah. just went in and quit. I couldn't do it. <laughs> it's, it's hard work, man. Especially night shift. I refused to do night shift. Really? Everyone used to put their hand up for it. I was like, nah, stuff that. Really? Yeah, nah, I didn't like didn't like the idea of it. I'd like to sort of make the most of my week off. Yeah. But um, I did that for, what, two and a half years? Two and a half years of four and one off. Yeah, but I didn't do it straight. So I uh, took a break and I went, did a little bit of traveling. Just um, where to go. Went to UK. I did UK, UK and Ireland. But before that, I did the Canada, actually. I did Canada for a month. 
Yeah. Uh, were you a smart one that was like saving your money or were you on your week off just splurging? No, nah, no. Nah, so I was up there and I got an email from a, a good mate of mine with an invite to his wedding, which was in Canada in Banff. Yeah. And that was in um, June, like I think it was six years ago now, actually, because I got the, you know, the memories pop up on your yeah. Facebook. Yeah, six years ago now. And I was like, oh, it looks like I'm going to Canada in June. <laughs> so yeah. I just, um, I gave the bosses a heads up. I think it was like a month away. Yeah. I said, oh, I'm just letting you know I'm going to be pulling the pin around June. So I did that, went to Banff and all that. And I, I did that for a month, but then I, I was like, oh, while I'm, while I'm over there, I want to see where my family's from. So my background's English. Yeah. And I never got to meet my grandfather who I'm named after, actually. Really? Yeah. Bernie? Um, yeah, my dad's dad. Um, his name was, well, it's Bernard. Yeah. Bernard. And um, so, yeah, I did that that's as a well. Sick, that's a strong name, eh, Bernard? Yeah, Bernard. Bernard. <laughs> it's different. It's not common. It's Yeah, but, it, but I like it, eh? It's a great name. Yeah, I never get called it. Everyone just calls me Bernie. <laughs> yeah. But I like Bernie, too. Bernie's yeah. a sick, like, it's, it's a dude name, you know? Yeah. Bernie, he's a dude. Um, But, yeah, so, yeah, went to Canada, did a month there. That was awesome, man. Canada's so good. So beautiful. It's so amazing. Um, I'd love to go back one day. Uh, and what well, we did, Banff, did a lot of Alberta. Um, I don't, I don't know what to say, man. <laughs> yeah, you went and then went to England. Yeah, so yeah, I did Canada and then went to actually went to Ireland first. Oh, and I drove around Ireland by myself, just hired a car because I, I saved a bit of decent money, so yeah. I didn't hold back like. I splurged big time, mate. Yeah. Like in Canada, I was, I was eating out breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I wasn't, I didn't stay at backpackers. I stayed at hotels and that. Like I didn't travel for a long time. I only went for two months, and I left with this amount of money and said, I'm not planning on coming back with any of it. That's kind of like a good feeling. I, my trip was it last year. I had quite a bit of coin saved, and yeah. it was the first trip to. It's actually the first trip in a long time that I didn't have a girl, like someone else to worry about financially. Yeah, yeah. And, and I had some good money in the bank and I allowed myself, like I still did pretty cheap and like pretty, but when, when it was time to splurge or there was a, a like if something was happening that was going to cost money, I didn't think I could just do it. And it was so nice. Yeah. And there was like, I remember I went to Sweden and I was sick actually because it was after I was in Iceland across the mountains and my adrenal glands were shot and I got really sick. And I, was, I flew to Sweden, and I was just like, oh, fuck it. I was just, instead of going on the backpack, I was going to stay in a nice hotel. I just put myself <laughs> in a nice room because I had the money to it's do nice, it. It's nice, eh? It's yeah, so it, nice. Was so, it was so nice traveling like that. Yeah, that's all I know of traveling, though. I've, that's probably the most traveling I've ever done. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've done a lot around Australia. That's about it. Yeah. But that's my most abroad traveling I've ever done, really. Yeah. By myself as well. It's the first time I've went traveling by myself. But still, like, even having that, like, little gap, man, like, t- two months or whatever, that's still two and a half years of doing month on week off, that, you, you got to let me ask, like, did that, did that, f- like, fuck with your mind, it, man? It did in a way. Like, I didn't really... Was it lonely? Didn't fuck, no, I, I, I met a lot of great people up there, but also seen a lot of negative. Yeah. Like, the stuff I heard up there, I, I couldn't believe, like... The money we're getting paid, the stuff like you don't—you could go up there and not spend a cent for a month straight, mate. Mm, I used to give myself fifty bucks to buy phone credit. Yeah, not like, spend a cent. And um, but the one thing that I do say that I did—I was really close with the guys that we worked with because I saw a lot of like mental health and depression issues yeah, because of that of lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. And we became everyone was really close, and I was on permanent night shift. There was only twelve dudes that did night shift, oh, wow. and I wouldn't see them. And I was I only worked with one guy because we we're on a train line, and I was yeah. servicing machines. 
and me and Skip would go out and service machines. There was three trucks. Two trucks would go out and refuel everything, and me and Skip would go out and do all the services on machines. And so it was just one other guy I mainly worked with. We started with 12 and ended the shift with 12, but in the so 11 hours of the, of the night was just with one dude. But the one common thing was that they all had, like, broken relationships or trying to mend relationships or, like, not being fathers to their kids. And But they, the, the one thing, like, to flip the side... The coin on the other side they all had they all thought they were doing the right thing and had the heart to try and trying to make the money to give their family and their loved ones and their wife a better life yeah and the thing was it was working against them because they couldn't be there their wives would play up on them or like or go distant it was like really hard for and it even happened to me with my ex i'd go away and work and then come home and she wasn't used to me being there and then suddenly you get home and you're in their life and yeah, you've got to share yeah. this life and they're not used to that. Yeah. It's like so, you've been away from them for a month. It's like, okay. Yeah. You've got to catch up with that month and you don't know what's happened. And, yeah. yeah. And, and all I did was just see it fuck with people's minds. And, I, and there was a lot of breakdowns. I remember I remember one guy breaking down one time because he'd, li- he'd worked like that for like 15 years, month on, week off and stuff. Wow. Goober. I used to call him Goob- Goober Bear. Um, he was an Aboriginal guy. But a really switched on guy, really nice guy. I remember he, he start, I was, I'd come back from, I'd been living in Indonesia and I moved back from Indonesia to do that job, to save money to travel again. And I, I'd been, everyone was asking me about my travels and I was telling stories, you know, over like time and everything. And I remember one night we came in to, and we were eating before we went out to work and he was crying. This big, tough bloke, like crying. I was like, what's, what's going on, man? And he's like, oh. I've wasted my life and he just fully had this huge breakdown that he was like had been out there and he hadn't gone and experienced stuff and he had lost his wife and his kids didn't weren't talking to him and like yeah all this um it was just in a dark place yeah. man and it was like yeah it's hard because the thing was he was out there trying his hardest to do the best for them yeah you know, and it's like I, I don't know where it lies because you want to you want to be provide security and you're going to do it the best way you know how. But at the same time, sometimes the best security is just being there. Definitely. But I've been on both sides of the coin too. I've been on the side where I'm there, and then your missus wants like a bigger car and a nicer house and all this <laughs> shit. You're like, yeah, I, know. I have to go away. I've got to go make decent money to for you to have that life. Yeah. I remember having this conversation with my ex. It was like she's like, oh, I don't. I want you to just. She's like, can't work away anymore. Just. Get, get a job at Stonewood and buy and I remember that and she's like yeah the boy's gonna hook you up work a couple of days a week and I was like you don't work and I pay your rent <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, I, was like I, I get what you're saying and I would I really want to be doing that but it's like right now the situation we're in it's like you gotta understand like car regos like our food our rent and everything okay right now this costs like okay for the two of us costs I think it was like six or seven hundred bucks a week that job that you had just offered that I could do is 550 <laughs> it's not gonna in my hand. And you, and like you're not earning any money right now. And I just remember being like, oh, yeah, but we can make it work. And I was like, but I know it as well. And I was like, yeah, we could, but after like a month it's, or a couple of months, you're going to be like, I want this. <laughs> I was just like, you are far. Oh man, I remember doing. I remember actually, yeah. This it's it's hard, man. But yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. We're, we're going off track a little bit, aren't we? Yeah, but we're allowed to, man. We've got time. <laughs> yeah, we've got time, mate. Okay. Mrs. is asleep. The girls are asleep. Yeah. Okay. So um, 
month on, week off. You did for two and a half years. Yeah, You're from WA, years, yeah. from Western Australia. And um, I got to that point at the end of it where I was just over the... Like, I, I bought myself a house in WA. I did that. And then I was, I was just over it. I was like... So I came over to Queensland because I had a mate living over here from WA that I used to go to school with. His name's Reggie. And um, Jeremy, we call him, but we call him Reggie. And um, came over to the Gold Coast for the very first time I've ever been here and fell in love with the place. And um, that was actually just before I did go travelling. And, and I went and did my travelling and um, then come back. And literally, it was funny because, because the company I was working for before I left, like, I, I got a good rep with them. And the day I landed back in Australia, I called up my supervisor and said, I'm, ba- I'm back in WA and um, just wondering if you've got any work. And he's, he turned around and said, oh, when can you start? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Straight away. I was yeah. like, oh, shit. Oh, um, well, give us, give us a couple of weeks just to get my bearings back, mate, and catch up with, with family and friends. So um, then, yeah, before, you knew it, before I knew it, I was back up north, back on 4 and one doing shit all, mate. This was up at Caratha, um, Cape Lambert. Shit. Yeah, and um, I was doing nothing. Like, I, I got up there and I was like, oh, what's the go? And he said, oh, this, I just needed someone up here because, yeah, I just needed someone up here because um, just, just to keep an eye on things. And I wasn't even a qualified sparky or anything, mate. Yeah. <laughs> and I was I was literally sitting in a, in, a, in a crib hut for like four weeks straight. Just making money. Four weeks on, one week off, just sitting there. Just sitting there playing on my phone, just doing my head in, mate. I ended yeah. up going out helping other trades that I'm not even working for. Other You got away. Yeah. Sitting there twelve hours a day, like it's, yeah, it's, it's, you gotta be active. Oh yeah, it's, it's, I was just like no, I ended up going out helping the plumbers and yeah. laying pipe and that and supervisor like, What are you doing, mate? I was like, I need to do something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's not fun. And then I came to the point where um I was like, This is enough. And I caught up with a good mate of mine on my break. His name's Leon, Leon Teal. And he's actually from Mullumbimby over here. And um, he's, he's a legend, man. Like, he's a really good mate of mine. And he, he sort of made me realise that I wasn't really in touch with myself and, and my feelings at that point in my life. And, yeah. now, and he sort of brought me to that and says, it's, it's your choice, mate, like, you don't have to be out there. You can do what you want to do. Yeah, you're the driver. You're yeah. in the driver's seat of, your, like, of your life. And I was like, shit, he's right. So I went back to work and told the boss this, I'm pulling the pin. And so, he, he, what, so wait, your mate has literally given you that like realisation yeah. that there's going to be more to life than yeah, just working four weeks on, one week it off. It took that one person just to make me realise that. Do you I, remember what, he, what the penny drop moment was so that he said? he was into the Wim Hof. Yeah. And um, we did that. Like we did the um the breathing. We didn't do an ice bath, but yeah. we did the breathing. I felt amazing after it. Like we just did the breathe ups. Yeah. And what's and euphoric? It was so amazing, man. Yeah. And it I, gives you power. It's so good. Like, I, I, you can't explain it unless you do it. Yeah. I, um. And he, he's a happy guy, and it was, it was it was nice just to be in his presence. Yeah. And I was like, I want what he's got. Like, he's it's like he's free and and. I was like, oh, man, I, I want to just, I want to do these things. And I goes, just do it. He says, just do it. There's nothing holding you back. Like, you got money in the bank. You, you, you can easily just rent your house out. I was like, oh, shit, man, he's right. Do you remember the moment when you were just like, I'm going to do it? Yeah. 
I was, and, and I knew exactly where I was going to go straight away. I was, I'm going to do this. I'm going to move the Gold Coast. Fuck. How powerful is that? Just like, boom, you know what? Fuck it. Because it's, what it is, it's suddenly like, a guy, a guy messaged me the other day, full legend, but he said, oh, there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with working nine to five. And I go, fuck yeah, no, there isn't. And I was like, oh, sorry if you got that, that, that you thought I was pushing that. I was just like, what's wrong is if you have, what I feel is, is wrong is when you're cutting yourself short, when you don't realize you can, like, if you're not liking what you're doing, like, if you, if you, in a, if you, like, love four and one, and you're there and you're like, fuck, man, and you, and you get, yeah, like, so much enjoyment life. and yeah. accomplishment yeah. out of it, then fuck, there's nothing wrong there's with nothing it. Wrong but if it's like, that. you're losing yourself in it and not enjoying yourself, it's like, it's like, I think the whole point of this podcast, too, one of the points is like, to show people, tell people stories that have allowed themselves to have that realization that it's like, oh, you know what? Fuck it, this isn't really working for me. There's more to life. That's that's exactly right, mate. And then and, and everything is your choice. And making that executive yeah. decision. So you've but was that scary? That would have been so scary, was, especially making that much money. Yeah, it was scary and um yeah, leaving that much money and having a mortgage that I have to cover and that. It was it was very daunting. Did you have a plan of how you're gonna make money? No, no. Because I'm a plasterer by trade. And um So you I, had a backup, you I like, had a backup oh, and I have a trade. And I, and I and most of the people that worked on Wheatstone were um, were from over here, and and I talked to them coming up to me leaving, and I said, "Oh, is there much work over there with plastering?" That they're like, "Oh man, there's so much. You have no worries getting a job." And I, I actually got a, a lead from a mate that I used to work with. He goes, "Oh, I get you gave me a couple of numbers to call when I did get over here, plastering yeah. mobs." So that was sweet, and I had a bit of cash saved up as well. So um, so I just sold most of my shit and packed my car. How did that feel? It's so good, mate. It's How did that feel? It was hard to feel leave my dad and my dog and that, and it was very hard to leave my dad. Like me and dad are like best mates, um, very close. But um, but that's still the best adventure. You going on an adventure, yeah, dude? Just yesterday, it just not even to that extreme. I just packed this trip because I'm going to be gone for the next three months. It's so good, isn't and it? I was like, I locked my house and I was leaving, and I was like sick because it's like I don't know where I'm going to end up yeah I don't have to be anywhere at any time I just do what I want oh man that yeah. is that, and that is that's freedom that's traveling yeah, it's, it's freedom it's so good it felt fuck. so good and it's the first I've ever felt that really yeah I think it, I think 100% that was the first I've ever felt like that freedom because it's the first time you allowed yourself just to let go and exactly, just like go yeah. with it yeah so it, it was what, amazing man so what'd you do that fuck so um it was, I spent a bit of time just at home, just catching up with family and friends and especially just hanging out with some dads, spending some good father-son time together and that. Yeah. And um, I, I, I just want to say for anyone listening, that is a feeling that I am completely addicted to. Yeah. The sense of like, that's what I love. When I get on that fucking plane... When I go on the trips that I do, when I'm here and I'm like caught up in my life and I'm worrying about this and I'm worrying about that and everything and rego in my car and like all this shit, even like rust in my car or whatever, for some reason, as soon as I get on that fucking plane, nothing matters. Yeah, that's it. There's that's nothing it. in front of me. It's just like suddenly I'm so in the now, I'm living for the day. Yep. I don't know where I'm going to be tomorrow. I don't know where I'm going to stay tonight. It doesn't fucking matter and it always works out and it's just, you just let the experience take you and it's just complete freedom and if and if like you're saying that was the first time you felt that if someone's listening to this and haven't felt that it's like i really 
I really like suggest or like I'd love going to find it maybe yeah <laughs> just experiencing that once in your life yeah. just to like have fucking nothing it's like, I was talking to a guy last night just hitchhiked around Australia you know what I mean he, his car broke down and he was on his <laughs> way around Australia and he went fuck it he sold it for 200 bucks awesome and then went well I'm going to continue and hitchhike that's ballsy you know yeah and, but he said that was the fucking coolest thing where he's like he hitchhiked up through the centre oh wow and it was like he didn't know where he was going to end up you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, think about someone picks you up. You don't know where you're going to end up at all. But just having that complete trust that you're on an adventure. Yeah, yeah. It's so fun. If someone picks you up. Where are you going, mate? Oh, wherever you're going, mate. Yeah, wherever you're going. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I'm going. That's it, yeah. <laughs> Awesome, man. So, yeah. So, you're so you're getting ready to go. You're saying goodbye to your family. You're yep. just having a bit of quality time. Are you getting excited? I'm getting very excited, mate. Oh. I sort of had, had a little bit of guilt, though, like leaving my dad. Like, I keep mentioning my dad because, like, I'm his only son. I'm the only child. Yeah, and you feel guilty. I felt a little bit of guilt because I, just... Oh. Here, crack your beer. Cheers, mate. No, like, I, I, it's even the same. Like, when I leave my mum, if my sisters are out doing other shit and, like, not around, and then, yeah, my poor old mum, she just misses... She just misses it, everyone. You feel guilty. You're like, fuck, like, because she wants you there. But yeah. it's, like, at the same time, it's like, fuck, I've, I've got to... Got to experience life. Yeah. And do my do my own thing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, man. And then um, late what was it? It was about. It was like November when I left WA. Yeah, it was. It was late November, uh, two thousand sixteen. So yeah, I've been over here for four years now. So wait, you drove across the Nullarbor? In yeah, I drove across the Nullarbor. First time I've ever been driven across the Nullarbor in November. Yeah. yeah, I've done it in summer. It's so fucking hot. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I didn't have aircon. It was hot. I had aircon. Luckily, I didn't. Shit. I didn't have a troopy then. I, I drove. It was, a, it was a Mazda BT50. Mm. You just loaded her up. Yeah, good car. Yeah, it was, it was a great car, mate. And um, made my way across. And the plan was to do the whole coastline to to Gold Coast. Um, but plans never go to plan. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so you started off and left uh, left Bunbury. I think it went went to um, Esperance, spent a few nights in Esperance around Esperance and that. So beautiful. It's amazing. Camping mate. on the beach, Cape Le Grand, yeah, Cape Le Grand, yeah. Fuck. And um, I remember this time before I left, I bought a um brand new stand up paddleboard and a brand new mall, and I had all my bodyboards and all that with me. And um, I was at Cape Le Grand and there's a it was flat as, but it was a howling offshore, and I've never stand up paddleboarded before, <laughs> so I thought I'd give it a crack. I think I was in Lucky Bay or something like that. I don't know. If yeah, I know Lucky Bay. Yeah. I used to camp down yeah, there. At Lucky it's Bay. Beautiful, eh? Yeah. And and I hopped on my stand up paddleboard, just paddling along. And this howling offshore man pushed me out to sea, <laughs> and I was like, oh shit! And like before I knew it, mate, I was like 300 meters offshore, and like the first thing that went in my head, sharks. I'm like, shit. Yeah. Like there's big sharks around there, and I'm. First thing I did was hop down on my knees and start like paddling with both arms, you know, like the surf lifesavers do. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Back to shore, mate. And there's all these people on on shore just watching me, just watching me freak. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, fuck, just trying to act all casual. Go back to shore, act all casual because it's a howling offshore. I picked up my sup, and next the wind's like just flicking me sideways because I have this huge sup on yeah. me. It's like like some coot carrying his surfboard <laughs> down the beach. <laughs> yeah. But um, I was like, oh, this is fun. This is cool. Like. Um, and yeah. it was it was it was lonely because I've never been like that on myself. Yeah, like, I was camping by myself. There were people around, but back then I was like 
I suppose you could say I was a bit shy and a bit yeah. like wasn't used to this sort of lifestyle. Yeah. So I sort of kept to myself a little bit. But as as the trip went on, I got a little bit more out of my shell. And um and then uh yeah, hit the road and we um oh we I Took off across the Nullarbor. Yeah, took off across the Nullarbor. <laughs> <laughs> that was um that was a boring drive, mate. <laughs> That that straight so boring, but so the coastline along there is amazing. Yeah, like, you the, don't you don't see it from the road, but if you pull off and take any track, you see you, you're bound to see some it's amazing coastline. A fucking huge experience to drive the Nullarbor. It's like a feat. It's like yeah, like people that have done it. It's like yeah, I've, I've done that. Yeah, on the Nullarbor. <laughs> don't know if I want to do it too often. <laughs> what does it take? Like one and a half, two and a half days. I don't know. It takes a while. Well, you can do it. You can do it pretty quickly, mate. Like, I've never had that much of a good car. I had to cross it in a $450 Camry wagon. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, like literally a Camry wagon. <laughs> like, my uncle gave it to me. It was 450 bucks. He got it off eBay. He goes, ah, oh, this will get you to WA. Yeah, right. It's yeah. sick. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I broke down on the Nullarbor. Did you? That's another story. It's a scary. wild story. That's, that's another story. So anyway, you're crossing the Nullarbor. You're yeah. on this trip. You, on this you're trip. on a trip of self-discovery. So yeah, and um, so before I hit the Nullarbor, I remember taking this from my mate Leon. Actually, he told me to take this dirt road from Cape Le Grand that cuts you across out to that freaking roadhouse just yeah. before you hit like the main drive. I can't remember what it's called. The name of that roadhouse. But I remember going to the roadhouse and seeing this van with these couple of um, backpacker chicks. And now I could tell straight away that Europeans and what like, they're all right. Anyway, I filled up, hit the road, and I did a good solid like eight hours that day. I think I think I got I got to border. I got just over border village. Yeah. Into South, um, yeah, into South Australia, and um, pulled and um, well, I had that app, um, Wiki Wiki. Oh, Wiki Camp, like yeah. where you can find where to camp. Yeah, man, so good. Like secret camp. Yeah, spots that was the stuff. best best thing for that trip. And I, and I found this one just after Border Village, and you pull off to the right, and you're like on this like headland, like this cliff overlooking, overlooking the ocean. Overlooking the ocean. Yeah, you probably stayed there. Mm. Eh? And those chicks were there. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. And um, I had I had a bit of green on me because used to just dabble every now and then. And then like I had a puff of my joint, and then got a little bit stoned, so my courage got up a little bit. I was like, oh sweet. So I wandered over to their camp, or their little setup, and, and just said, oh how you going? I seen you out there survey and um i had a fire going they didn't have a fire so they came over and sat with me around my fire and that i think they're from germany i can't remember their names i'm real bad with that just remembering stuff yeah yeah <laughs> like this whole trip's very very vivid in like no not vivid like yeah blurry in my mind so yeah, that's to, right. just yeah, yeah just say what you can and I'm, um yeah. i mean we got so stoned together and, and I, I think i tried to make a move on one of them but they got freaked out so they actually left me by myself <laughs> oh you were that guy I was that stoned <laughs> I was that how baked. you going love yeah I was that baked and they, they how's just this me. we're just in the middle of the desert with yeah. no one around and I was like far out <laughs> what am I doing and I remember that night I, I greened out that night by myself oh camping shit. and like that, was, what spinning world spinning world around? spinning and just the freakiest things happening in my head like I was laying in my swag beside my car. There was other there was other people camping there as well around us. And all of a sudden, this thought just popped in my head. It's like, what happens if someone tries to kill me while I'm sleeping? 
I've thought that on the Nullarbor because I've stopped at a few roadhouses that have really weird people. I remember yeah, I stopped oh, at this a... one and there was a windmill that just went... Yeah. And no one around. And then the one dude I saw was to not put him down, but looked like the gene pool was like really small. It was like kind of like a... I think from memory, he had like a, like a double neck thing going or like this weird show i don't know it was just this weird like that and then and i was young and then this so quiet and then this windmill just going yeah spinning around and i was like serial killers get the fuck out of here and wolf creek after watching the movie wolf creek and you're out in the middle of the desert like this and you're like seeing like weird people not that people are weird on the nullarbor but like that was a few different people there was i wouldn't say weird just different yeah i saw a very different person there. <laughs> we're on mics we after there. Yeah, was it? Yeah. Well, it was enough to scare me. I saw someone that scared me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Down as well, there was this van that was not far from my car, and and it just looked weird. This van was creepy looking, and I had this thought when I was trying to get to sleep. I was like, now what's some this slits my throat? While I was so I mean, I, I was that paranoid and that stone. I actually went and locked myself in that car that night and slept in my driver's seat, sitting upright. Did you? I was that paranoid. Yeah. Hey? I was up far out. So you could have saved yourself, maybe. Could have. Who knows? I don't know what would have happened. But I woke up the next morning. And those girls. It was like early, and those girls were already gone. <laughs> so, um, so I hit the road again, and um, I didn't really stop that much. I was, I was really. I'm really. Uh, when I look back, I'm really um, not disappointed. Like. Yeah, I I've, wish I could live it again. I would have done it a bit slower. It, yeah, and I've, and I've done that with trips. You're like, yeah. oh, I missed that. Yeah, and I wish it, I knew about that. Yeah. And it was because it was getting close to the Christmas holidays. I think it was the Christmas holidays, so I really cut my trip short. And like, I didn't yeah. even get to see Victoria, and New South Wales coastline. Yeah, right. That's how short I cut it. So I pretty much I was for some reason I was in a rush to get to the Gold Coast, and then from from border. Next minute, I'm in bloody um, Coffin Bay, mate. I did yeah. like a straight run from border to Coffin Bay. So that's in the middle. It's Coffin Bay. Coffin Bay is just, just near um, Port Lincoln. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so that's the middle of the Great Australian Bite at the top. Yeah. And, and had the probably the best night of my life. Or not the best night of my life. The best night um, on my trip in Coffin Bay. It was amazing. I rocked in. It was, um, it was just coming on dark. And, and I called ahead to the um, to the local car because I couldn't be bothered looking for a place to stay. Yeah. I was like, stuff this. I just I want to shower. Sometimes you want to shower. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, fully. So I just called ahead and I just said, I just need a camp, camp non-powered campsite and the you no worries. So I rocked up there and it was just getting late and I, and I Googled um, the local pub and they were closing like in like half an hour and I needed a shower and I called, I called them up and said, oh, I'm, I just got to town. I'm from WA, and I'm coming through, and, and like I heard that there's good oysters here. It's pretty um, popular for oysters or something like that in Coffin Bay. Yeah, I wanted a good, nice reef and beef. And the guy that answered was the actual owner of the the pub. Yeah, yeah. And um, he goes, "Oh, where are you?" I said, "I'm at the um, caravan park." He goes, "Yeah, mate, I'll be down in ten minutes." He actually come down, and pick me up. They had a courtesy bus. He he come down, and pick me up himself. I didn't realise it was the owner at the time. Yeah, he come down, and pick me up, and then we're just chatting on the way to the pub. And, and he told me that oh, it's his pub and this and that. He's a legend, absolutely. Like, I can't remember his bloody name. Like I said, I'm bad with that. But um, got me there, and, and um, he actually asked me on the phone when I called up. He goes, "Oh, what are you having for dinner?" Because the kitchen closing in like half an hour. I'll have it getting cooked for you before you get here. 
Yeah. Absolute legend. How mate. sick is that? Like so personal. Yeah. yeah That's what so I love good. about small towns. So good. And got there, mate. Had a feed and just stay there for us and I got pissed, mate. And it was so good just chatting to the locals and just, just meeting other people. And they were all very um, interested in like, just, oh, where are you from? I said, I'm from WA. I'm moving, just driving across Australia, just moving to the Gold Coast. And that is so interesting. Oh, why are you doing that? I, was like, I, just, I just felt like it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. What? Do you have family over there? No, no. I've got a mate over there. That's about it. And um, ended up kicking the night on. And um, they were closing. And um, I got pretty like friendly with the, with the owner. And then he's like, oh, do you want to hang around, mate? We've got to empty these, empty these lines. So they have to empty all the beer lines after every pub closes. Yeah. And there's like six, six jugs, mate, lined up on the, <laughs> on the bar. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm and I'm sitting there with the owner and a couple of his mates and we're just getting absolute shit faced. Yeah. And next minute, like we're just having so much fun playing pool, like absolute legends. And next minute he pulls out this um he goes, Oh, do you do you smoke weed, mate? I was like, Oh, yeah, I have a little bit. And I was that pissed, like and I know not to drink before you smoke weed. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. And then I I couldn't say no, it's like it felt rude. I said, Yeah. And he showed me this. Um, he took me out the back and out the back. He showed me this smoking apparatus, mate. I showed you it earlier. Yeah. And he told me about. It. I said, "What the hell is that?" He goes, "Mate, it's the best freaking thing to smoke weed out of." And it was the inside of a Glad wrap. The the um, he's <laughs> done that. Yeah, that's what I was wondering what it was when you that, showed me. I the was one like, I the one I showed you was the inside of um painters. You know the painters wrap that yeah, they get the is inside of one of them. But he used the Glad wrap, the, the cardboard. Yeah, inside. like the hard cardboard yeah. roller. Yeah, and you pierce a hole, put the cone piece, but at the end, and the end hole's like a shoddy hole, but you actually put tissue paper up the hole where your mouth goes to stop all the rocks coming down. Oh, smart yeah, move. You smush, you stuff tissue paper in there, mate. Mate, it's the smoothest freaking pipe you'll ever smoke. Oh, I should do that with my bamboo pipes, put a bit of um, cotton wool in the end. Cotton wool, yeah, and you just pull it out, put a new piece in, just to... So you get, it's like a filter. That is a freaking brilliant idea. Mate, it's so good. It's just, that is a brilliant idea. Anyway, we got we got baked. Like needless to say, like I was absolutely wrecked. It was like local um, kangaroo island growing bush. Yeah, yeah. And um, he's like, "Oh, mate, I'm gonna have to let you go." And he goes, "I can't drive." I didn't know which where my caravan park was, mate. <laughs> I didn't pay attention on the yeah, drive no. drive there and I was like oh shit so anyway next minute I'm out the front walking back to the caravan park where I didn't know where it was pitch black drunk stoned absolutely stoned lucky I didn't thinking you out. know where you're walking I just had, I just had one one toke luckily luckily so I didn't get too fucked up <laughs> and, uh, and I'm walking along mate next minute I'm stumbling across these kangaroos eh? like it's like far out big reds Oh, I don't know. Because down there you got big reds, yeah, they, you got to be careful. They were decent. They were. I don't think they were reds. They weren't that aggressive. They were quite okay. friendly. I think they're like just locals. And yeah, they were used if, to people. If anyone doesn't know about kangaroos, because kangaroos live all around my place, so I've got heaps of pet kangaroos, and they're all greys. They're very friendly. The bull you can get a bit can get a little bit aggressive on you sometimes, but no. Nah. But a big red are the huge ones that are like way bigger than men. Like they're f- massive. And you don't fuck with them. <laughs> they will just kick the crap out of you. And, like, I've had a standoff with a big red before, like, out in the desert in South Oz, actually. This one came, and it got up on its tail, and I just remember thinking, oh, fuck, I'm fucked. And then it was out at Andamooka, north of Roxby Downs. Yeah. 
and opal mining where everyone lives in the ground in the in the desert they live like build their houses into the dirt like into the ground but i just remember i was yeah i just had this standoff with one and i just remember it got up on its tail and i was like oh my god it's gonna go and then suddenly it just ran the other way and i ran the other way we just really? yeah it was so lucky yeah, okay so now these kangaroos you're walking along you're pissed yeah pissed and stoned <laughs> and and that's all i remember and then next minute i woke up from my swag in the caravan park that that and like I woke up I was like that's all I can remember of that night just just seeing the kangaroos huh brilliant yeah and that, I, that I, worked out best yeah, case scenario yeah it did I wonder what you did in between <laughs> I know right <laughs> but, mate I've just realised I've missed a couple of stories no, before that's all right. this has happened okay go can back can you like, edit this back in no no just go back it's oh, okay man mate this is back in my trip like yeah. when I went travelling yeah when I went from Canada to the UK and I said I wanted to see where my family's from and yeah. my pop I went and found his grave in in England oh, yeah. yeah like my dad hasn't seen his grave since my dad was 14 and now dad's like 54 55 so I went to England actually like mainly to go and find my pop's grave with the littlest information from my nan so you went with a meaning. What was the information? The information was a little town that he was buried in, but she wasn't sure if that was the name of the town. <laughs> Did she get it right? She she got the area right, but not the town. So, Would you have to go look up like records, maybe? I had to go to this town that she told me, and I went to the pub and just started asking around. Hey, do you know my grandpa? Oh, no, have you heard of this little... Um, because she had a, the name of the church. that Because it was, an, it was a burial ground around a church. Yeah. She had the name of the church right and and that. But not many people have heard about it. And, and they're like, oh, if you go to this town, you go to this pub and ask for this person. It was like that. Yeah. It was very, it was very interesting. And, and I got very drunk that night. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was so much... I met so many people, but it's so blurry, man. It's, it's really frustrating because I can't remember much of it. That's, yeah, yeah, I've definitely been there. Yeah. and um, But you found the grave. I found the grave. I found the grave and I was looking at a headstone with my name on it. Was that weird? It was very weird and very emotional. Like, um, Was it... Okay, because your grandpa had the same name. Exactly the same name as me. So... Even though, like, you're going to see your grandpa, so for one, there's an emotion there of, like, of, like, you know, like, that's your grandpa and he's passed away, so you're standing at his grave, so that's your blood and someone that you're a descendant of standing there in a the seat. But to look and watch, read your name on a headstone must be a weird experience. It was weird. Because you're named after him, so the exact same name. That would kind of give me the heebie-jeebies. It was, it was, it was very shivering on arm, like, and there was actually a fresh set of flowers on his headstone as well. Who put in there? No one knows. Like I, I asked, I, I called Dad that night. I found it, or the next day, and I said, "Oh, there's some fresh flowers on there, Dad." And he's like, "What the hell?" Like, there was no letter or anything. And he, I said, "Do you know who that be from?" Because I have no idea. Like, he says he thinks he's got cousins over there. But he, he hasn't been in touch for years. But um, it was I, I cried. I actually cried and just yeah. passed on the messages from my dad and took a couple of photos and shared it to the rest of my family who haven't seen 
seen his gravestone for, for many, many years. Well, it's deep and it's respecting the dead. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that, that was, was a amazing. father. Yeah, that, that, was... that was amazing. And and just finding the gravestone was like a journey in itself, mate. Like, yeah. I met so many funny characters. Because it was just around the border in Wales as well. Yeah. Because um, I believe my nanny's Welsh. And I think my pop might have been Welsh. That would be so cool to go, like, trace, like, family trees, but, like, go physically do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Go find those descendants and stuff. Because family's family, too. Definitely, yeah. And people also... People help you out when you're on a pilgrimage. If you've got a deeper meeting, people want to help you out. So just people that you meet along the way, when you tell them what you're doing, they want to help you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That would be such an amazing way to travel. I want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) As I started thinking, I'm like, who do I have overseas, maybe? Yeah, okay. Yeah, so... So you found the grave. You found the grave and um, it was like a mission accomplished. Yeah. That was like, that was, that was the highlight of my trip, apart from my mate's wedding. Yeah. That was awesome as well. And I, I want to go back there. I want to take my dad there, but dad hates flying, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but that was, that was really emotional and, and it felt so good to find it and just tick that off my list sort of thing. Yeah. Anyway, so back to South Australia. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, where were we? We were in Coffin Bay. Yeah, and you woke up after woke the up big night. after the big night. And, uh, and my next destination was Adelaide. And I stayed with a couple of friends, uh, a friend of a friend in Adelaide. A friend's, I sat at a friend's house in Adelaide with his wife. He was working FIFO, who I met actually on the mines. He's from Adelaide. And he's like, oh, if you go through, just stop at my place. I probably won't be there because I won't fly and fly out. So I stayed with his family for a week. They put me up, looked after me, and I just drove around through the day. And Adelaide's a mad city. You've yes. been to Adelaide? Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. City of churches. It's beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful city. Yeah. Um, went and looked for some waves. Or it, like, went to nights and that, but it was flat. I actually didn't even surf the whole trip over. Because you didn't find waves? Didn't, not that I didn't find waves. It's like... Like I said, I was like, it was like I was in a rush for some reason. Yeah. I, I know the feeling. I I was just excited to get to the Gold Coast. Yeah, because you're excited. Yeah, and you're excited to do the trip. Yeah, I, I know the feeling. Yeah, and it's like, and I look back, it's like, if I was to do that again, I would do it so differently. I remember the thing that taught me this. Because I remember I was at like a, a carnival when I was a kid. And there was this ride I wanted to go on. And mum said I could go on one ride. And I found the ride that I wanted to go on. And it was like a, it was like an obstacle court, like where you went through different chambers yeah. and everything. And I remember mum gave me the money and I went up and I just ran through it. And next thing I was back there and I was like, yeah, I've done it. And she, mum's like, why are you here so quick? Why didn't you enjoy it? All the different areas. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I just like felt like I had to. And I was like, I still look back on that because I remember I was devoted. I was like, fuck, I wanted to stay in like the, the, you you know you walk through like this thing that and everything shook yeah like a room like and everything shook and that, yeah and then you go through like a ball pin yeah like oh a, man, like that a ball ride pin was and everything sick. I love that ride yeah. yeah yeah and I was just like now it's just like really learned to like enjoy the journey because everything's about the journey that's it I had like had a, some friends staying or some people you know saying like just random stay at my house all the time yeah 
like friends of friends or whatever and like a friend of a friend was staying like these people from sydney the other other week and you know it's definitely i definitely find city people as much as they're so amazing they're just on a different um frequency kind of thing they're just on a like a go 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 mentality i don't know they're just a little bit amazing but but just like a little bit different i remember um i was talking like oh i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that i'm gonna do this you know like and i just remember this girl goes well like in like a kind of judgmental kind of way like yeah but when are you gonna do it like you haven't done it (laughs) like as in like building i was like yeah you gotta build it like as in like she's like yeah well it's gonna get done and i was like it's not about it getting done it's about it's about enjoying the journey yeah you know what i mean i was like I started off in a swag living here. This place was like fully overgrown and everything. I'm like, should have seen it like three years ago. <laughs> then if you saw it in six months after that and six months and six months, yeah. and I'm like, I've had so much fun doing it and I'm building all this and I've got the plan. I don't want to just be at the end. No. no you way. know what I mean? But this is my vision. I've got to have a vision to know what I'm building. Yeah, definitely. But I'm going to enjoy it. And it was just yeah. so weird. Her mentality was like, like saying what you're going to do, but you haven't done it. I was like, what are you talking about? Of course, I'm going to say what I'm going to do that I haven't done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just trip yeah, me out. That's that's a, yeah, that's it. Yeah. 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 Okay, so you're in South... So you're in South... Oz, oh, you got to Adelaide. You stayed with your... Um, stayed with my friends in um, wine country just out, just on the outskirts of Adelaide. Yeah. Beautiful place. Um, beautiful family. And um, then I made the decision then. I beelined it from Adelaide to Gold Coast nonstop. Yeah, right. I did 20 up through Mildura, Mildura? Right through the guts, mate. Yeah, yeah. up past the Murray River. Yeah, up, up through Murray. Yeah, up um, past like Wagga Wagga. Yeah. Oh, Broken Hill. Yeah, went through Broken Hill. Actually, Wagga I think Wagga I bypassed Broken Hill. Tamworth. I followed my GPS, mate. It took me on some weird roads. And yeah. I was like, what the hell? Where am I? Like, I'm in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And I did 22 hours straight. Shit, yeah. yeah. 22 hours straight. I think I stopped for a little nap just out of Armadale. Yeah. Um, did you go from Armadale to Grafton? Yeah. I call that Fern Gully, Fern Way. Beautiful drive. Yeah, it's so beautiful. It's amazing. It's rainforest, yeah. It's an amazing drive. But I was delirious then, mate. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was seeing things while I was driving. Like, we, like, I was trying to keep my eyes open. But I stopped and tried to have a nap, but I couldn't sleep because I was like 10 coffees down. Yeah. But I was still so tired. And, um, and I finally hit the Gold Coast. And and that was my trip over and done with. I'm at my destination now. Now what? And um, I got to my I got to the place I was. I already had a, already organised the place where I'm going to live, and I got there early because I bypassed Victoria and New South Wales. And the guy that was in the room I was meant to be living in was still in the room. I think I still had like two weeks left, so I lived on the couch in the in the, in the um, lounge room for two weeks. Was it just like a share house? Yeah, it's a share house. It was um three blokes living in there yeah right and um well there was four now because i was living in yeah. on the couch <laughs> so i just just yeah just couch surf for a couple of weeks and just got to know the place just went surfing and didn't do anything i just enjoyed it for a bit and then i started deciding to look for a job and i got a job with the the contact my mate gave me on um up on the mines and i started working for this mob this plastering mob and i worked for them for well, probably a year and a half. And um, didn't like it. They were, they were typical big company, just you just a number with them. Yeah. It's like the mine sort of thing. And didn't like their mentality with stuff. So I called up the company I am now working for. And um, they asked me when I can start straight away. And I was like, oh, 
just give us a week. I'll give these guys a week's notice. And I'm um, sort of just fast-forwarding the story to to where where stuff started happening. Yeah. In between when I got to the Gold Coast to when I met my partner. Yeah. Now, um, not much really happened in between. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I got a job with this company I'm with now, and they're amazing. Like, best company I've ever worked for. Small company, two bosses, and they're, they're very, very fair bosses and just love working for them. And now I'm a full-time employee for them, their first full-time employee. And uh, loving it, mate. How good are small companies too? Because you want to do well by them. Yeah. And, and, you know, because you just see that they're like a family, like that they're just yeah. normal people. And they focus on quality more than quantity. Yeah. And um, that's what I'm more about with, with my trade. And um, so that was about two and a half years in, three years in to being on the Gold Coast. I'll say two and a half. And and I wasn't, I wasn't enjoying it. It's like I got here and I was I, I hadn't found what I had come to found, find, and I didn't know what it was I had come to find. Yeah, because you left on a pilgrimage, but you hadn't found it. Like you left yeah. on like this whim of like, yeah, I'm going to change everything and I'm going to go out and like find myself and then suddenly like you especially doing a job that you didn't like for a year and a half you're like I got, yeah I can definitely relate to that yeah. you're suddenly like well hang on a and second like, I didn't it's like I needed to I wanted to meet a girl and and sort of thing like that but it wasn't happening I, I had a lot of girl like flings and all that yeah. in that period and and I made a good group of friends but something just wasn't right and I was like look I told my boss I said look I'm going to go back to WA I said, I'm going to put all my stuff in storage on the Gold Coast and go back to WA and see how it feels. Yeah. So, okay, no worries. So, I told my mates I was living with, I said, look, I'm going to go back to WA. I said, can we find someone to fill my room? Because I'm going to live out... Because oh, in, the, in the meantime, I bought a troopie. Yeah, see. <laughs> and um, my, my dream car, I've always wanted a troopie. So I'm going to live out of the back of my troopie for a, for a um, couple of months just to save some coin for the drive back to WA. And uh, they're like, yeah, no worries. So we found someone to move in. And um, in the meet, like, I was on Tinder and Bumble, Bumble and all this stuff as every single guy is on the Gold Coast, I think. Yeah. And uh, living out of the back of my troopie and um, started chatting to this, this girl on uh, Bumble and... And we, we, we end up meeting up. And it was weird, like everyone probably says this is, is lust at first time, but when we first met, it was, you know, you know when you just meet someone. And you know. And it's not that you know, it's like you just click, like yeah. even if it's just you meet a dude and it's like you just like yeah, yeah, mate straight exactly. away. Yeah. It was like that, first yeah. instance. And I was like, oh, fuck. Mm. This is weird. This hasn't, this hasn't happened Yeah, before. you just bro down. Or, yeah. Or girl. Bro yeah, down. bro down with the girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know what you mean. I've yeah. had it. It's just it like just, you just vibe. Just, you just vibe with something. Yeah. It's like, boom. Like, you know when you go on a date from Tinder and it's sort of awkward, awkward. at the start? Yeah. It wasn't awkward at all Yeah. at the start. She walked in. It was like, it was like she was a mate. Just, we're just catching up straight away. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. This is different. So we, we caught up. We had, I think we had breakfast and coffee. And um, I still... And then we caught up and, and I was like, oh... I told her what I'm doing. I said, look, I'm heading back to WA and this and that, but I'm keen to just hang out, catch up, even just friends, whatever. 
And um, she goes, yeah, no worries. She was a bit hesitant because I think she was she was actually looking for someone. Yeah. And I was as well, but I was because I was in that mindset of going back to WA, I was more just looking for a bit of a bit of fun before yeah. I left, just to keep me not lonely and somewhere to stay maybe. Yeah. Well, being honest, it's that's fully yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um, and I started taking a liking to this girl. We kept in touch a lot while I was camping in my. Troopy around the Gold Coast, which is bloody hard. If you try living out of a troopy around the Gold Coast, there's not yes. many places you can sleep. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've lived in van. My van, I lived for. Fuck. Yes, I have done it. Yeah, <laughs> troopies aren't ex- exactly a very small vehicles, so you can't hide yeah. them that well. Yeah, that was that was good fun, but I I did stay at um, a lot of friends like front yards, just parked yeah. at the front of theirs, and I actually had a mate that was from WA that was working with us, and he's um. He was living in a caravan park with his family. He was travelling around Australia and just working with his family. And he was at Talabudra Caravan Park. Yeah. And, he, and he gave me the pin number to the bathrooms. And he said, this park, park over the over the road and just walk through the caravan park. And just, oh, here's the smart. pin, mate. So I've got a hot shower every night. I do that in my own town. Oh, really? Like, well, I don't have a shower at my place. We built one at, at the neighbours at Benny's. Yeah. But whenever I go in and surf in town, I, I've got the code for the caravan park. I park up and I go, have, it's brilliant, man. Well, I'm off gritty on the bush and they've got really good showers. It's <laughs> like <laughs> so I treat myself. It's epic, eh? Yeah, you go into the caravan yeah, park, yeah. have a sick yeah. shower. <laughs> it's so good. And, um, and yeah, so um, it, it started coming closer and closer to the time where I was leaving. And me and um, this girl, Rana, now my partner, <laughs> um, got really close and, and, I, and I stayed with her the night before I left. And um, said our goodbyes and said we'll keep in touch because because me going back to WA wasn't a definite. I just need it's like I need to go back there to to find where your next yeah I, I get exactly what you yeah, mean. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like you hadn't found what you were looking for. It's like go back to where you started. And go you back see to where what, I started and see yeah. how it feels. Yeah, and yeah, so I went back and um, done the journey again across Australia. <laughs> Still skipped New South Wales. Actually, no, I went a little bit further south. I went in from Coffs Harbour this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, and beelined it again to South Australia. So you went over Dorigo, Glen Innes way. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And um, and I, I beelined it again to South Australia, and I went straight to Streaky Bay, and I stayed with it. I got a mate in Streaky Bay who I actually missed on my drive originally over to the Gold Coast, and um, stayed with him, and um, actually got a couple of surfs in around Streaky Bay. And that was the first time I experienced South Australian waters. Cold and sharky. Oh, cold. Yeah, yeah. Mate, my, my feet went numb. Mate. I don't know how you surf in Iceland. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I do it either, actually. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm here, like when I'm here, I don't know how I do it. That was, yeah. Like I said, I had to surf. It's middle of winter right now, and I had to surf yesterday down south just in boardies just to just to kick me in the guts a bit because yeah. I've just been such a pussy lately yeah. you know what I mean but yeah. I was just like and even yesterday I was like I was fine but then I was just like fuck how do I do this in Iceland <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so you're on your way back to WA you, and you're messaging this girl every day yeah we're in touch every day except when I'm out of reception in the middle of nowhere keeping in touch a lot and um do, do you know did you know that you're falling for her? Like, did you, you know, like sometimes like you yeah, just kind of know and you're like, I did. Uh. Like, we, we spent a lot of time together before I left. Yeah. Um, Were you scared of falling for her? 
I'm never scared for falling for someone. She I was scared am. for falling for me. Because she's been hurt before. I've been hurt before, but I sort of just got over it and just whatever. Uh, I'm not scared of getting hurt. I'm more scared of, like, the fact that I'm busy. <clears throat> oh, okay. And if I fall for someone, I'm like, I can't have the time for them. I, I sort of just accept it if you you can't help it. It just happens. I know. <laughs> I'm scared. Love is a strong thing, eh? I know. Yeah. yeah. And, but, um, I, but that's the reason why, because I know it is. And for me, it's like, I'm doing shit. I've got all this shit I want to do. Yeah. And like... you got to love for something else as well. Yeah. When I, I remember when I met my ex-girlfriend. Like, I was with that woman for seven years, and I fell in love with her the first... As soon as I looked her in the eyes. Yep. I just remember, I was, we were in Indonesia, and... I walked out, I looked her in the eyes, and I couldn't even talk. I was just fucking in love with her. Yeah. And that moment right then and there. And from that moment, nothing else mattered but her. <laughs> yeah. And I was doing shit at the time. And yeah. it, I just kind of, it just was just weird. It was just like that. I was just, nah, that. <laughs> and it's so like now sometimes if I'm like hanging with someone, I'm like, fuck. Fuck, this chick's amazing. I could really, fuck, I see myself falling for her. I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm doing shit. I've got shit to do. Yeah. Not, <laughs> like it's, no, it's not, yeah, it's just, it's bad. I've got to, I've got to figure it out, man. It's just like, <clears throat> I think I'm just multitasking so much right now. Yeah. Like right now, I'm like about to go to North Queensland. I'm just be- building a house. Still got to build it. I'm like doing the podcast. I'm going back to Iceland soon. I'm going to Indonesia soon. <laughs> it's just like all this shit. And then I'm like, how would I fit a girlfriend in that? Yeah. You know, I'm so selfish right now. But it's like, you got to be selfish. Sometimes you do. Yeah, exactly. Because I've I've been I've had two really long-term relationships in my life. Yeah. And right now it's 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 such an amazing journey. You're to making like up be, for the time you were in those relationships. Yeah, yeah. It's just like well now it's it's just a different it's just a you're walking a different path. It's like right yeah. now I'm really enjoying just being by myself and being not answering to anyone or not even answering not having to consider someone. Yeah. yeah I like that. It's, it's right now just cuz I haven't got to experience that too much yeah but you're about to go on, you're about to go into the different into you had already started considering someone so much yeah i had and um before this prior to this girl like i said there was flings between the time i was on the gold coast i, I had a really bad experience with this particular girl um i'm not gonna name i'm not gonna say where she lives but that was I actually, it did some damage to me. I actually had to start seeing a psychologist because I was, I was in a dark place. It was weird, man. I'd never been there before. It was like, like, cause you started falling for it. I did. I fell work? for her a lot, but it was like, she was interested in me, but it was like, she wasn't. It's like with, with, with me, I'm, I'm very open and, yeah. and a, a passionate guy. You're a lover. Yeah. yeah. But she wasn't. Yeah, and it's like I don't know. It was it's a very hard. Um, and someone like that, by the sounds of it, they weren't a communicator. See, I always make sure I communicate so yeah, much. But at the end, when I finally figured it out, I fully just went for what I seen. Yeah, I didn't go for what was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. I think that was more just lust. Yeah, it wasn't love. Mm. It was just fun. That was the young version of me too. The young version of me, like now, it's like I need to be challenged. I need, I need personality. Now it's all about the connection with personality. Definitely. Where when I was yeah. younger, it was just like you just you're not thinking from your mind, man. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And then, and then that's what changed me from that girl and me seeing the, the psychologist I was seeing was actually a really close friend of mine, who 
I made friends with on the Gold Coast by going to this gym. And he made me realise, like, you need to open up a bit more and, and look a bit further in. Yeah. Than not just what's on the outside. Like, like the old saying goes, don't judge a book by its cover, sort of yeah. thing. Anyway. We, and they say it for a reason. Yeah, definitely. And... And I, I, I told her, I actually turned it, I said, look, I've had enough, I, I can't do this, and just left and just stopped talking to her, which I never usually, I, I said that so many times and I still went back. Yeah. But that one time I was like, nah, this is it. And that's half the reason why I went back to, needed to go back to WA because it wasn't happening for me. And um, so, yeah, so back, back to where I was, I, yeah, I stayed with Rana the night before I left and took off and it was hard to say goodbye but I just I didn't want to leave but you felt you had to no it's not that I had this I had to leave because I've been planning this for so long um I just had to leave I said look I gotta got go just keep in touch and we'll see what happens so I'll hit the road and just beelined it straight to South Australia stayed with a mate in Streaky Bay for a couple of nights, had some surfs, it was great. Went and camped, it's amazing. I love South Australia. I, I I can't wait to go back to South Australia. Oh, it's raw and wild. It's so it's amazing. I would live there. Yeah. I'd, I'd move. Streaky Bay is amazing. And um, then hit hit the road, hit the Nullarbor, back to WA. And I got back to WA um, just in time for my birthday. And um. Prior to me leaving, I'd planned a trip with my dad and his partner up to Nalu um, for my birthday. My birthday's in June, and that's um, prime time for Tombstone as well. Yeah, right. Um, never been there before, so we packed the packed the cars, packed the troopy, and uh, hit the road up north. Pretty much as soon as we got back to WA, had a few nights back in Bunbury, and then I was on the road again back back up north of um, Perth and uh, got to Nalu and that's another beautiful place. Is that right? Yeah, it's like the wind's picking up or something and coming through the mics. That's oh. no, all cool. Continue. We'll just, what we do is I'll turn it down a little bit and we'll go and just put the mic closer. Alright. Mm. Sweet as. Yeah, but continue. And um, got to Nalu and have you been up to Nalu? No, I've never been there and that is right. Oh shit, it's raining. Is it? Oh, your podcast stuff's under the car. Is it going to get wet? Nah, it's all cool. Uh, yeah, continue, man. Um, yeah, nah, Nalu, mate, it's amazing. Beautiful up there. Just very similar to South Australia. I, um, I think that's why I liked it so much. Uh, just red dirt and amazing waves. Yeah. So good. Good waves, big waves. But were you missing your chick? Oh, big time, mate. We, we kept in touch non-stop. Every day we were talking, texting, chatting if we could. Um, and, and best day was when um, she told me that she's um, coming over. So she was going to make the move. Wow, she, that's she, so powerful. She booked some, 
book some flights. And, Did that scare you about the responsibility of that? No. It was exciting. Yeah. Like, this is cool. Like, this this chick is, is keen. Yeah. And she she bought some t- flights, paid for it herself to come over to WA and come and see me for a week, stay with me for a week in WA. And um, that was sort of that point where I was like, I sort of knew. Yeah. Like, oh, this is, this is it. And I... I, I we we joke about it to this day that she came over there to change my mind to bring me back to the Gold Coast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is true because it worked, obviously. And we had a great week. It was amazing, man. I, she's seen more of WA than most people do when they go to WA for a holiday. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good tour guide. And um, she met she met my dad. She met a lot of my family. and my, well, A lot of my family took a liking to her, which was nice. And uh, and then that week went quick, and she was on the plane back over here. <laughs> but I wasn't far behind her. I I made the decision, and I told Dad he he didn't like it, and I said, "Look, I'm going to go back, go back to the Gold Coast, chasing a girl, chasing a girl." <laughs> that was scary. I was like, "Is this the right thing to do?" But I. Like I said, I wasn't. I went back to WA looking for something, and and I still didn't find it. Like it's like I was expecting something to pop up in front of me, and and you had it. Yeah, and but it didn't pop up in front of me. It flew over to come and see me, I suppose. And and I realised like fuck, I left it back in the, on the Gold Coast. So I was like, I got to go back. So I was a bit shy of cash then because I had to get a bit of work done to the troopy while I was in WA because yeah. I found out I had a few problems. Is that window open? No, nah. nah, okay, sick. I can't, dude, how's I just got excited? I realized you're telling me a love story. Yeah, pretty much a love story. This is sick. <laughs> oh, you know, no, no, continue, man. And, um, where was I? Yeah, that's right. I was a bit shy of cash. I had to get a bit of work done on my troopie. Um, I spent a lot of money on that thing, mate. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. And I had, to, I had to get some cash up before I left. So it was a good. Yeah, that bad I'm trying to think of I think it was like I think it was like she came over at the end of June and I didn't get to the Gold Coast when I came back until August so it was a good month or so yeah before we seen each other good two months before we seen each other from when she came over to visit so from this point from when she left from when she left it was like yeah it's on we're doing this yeah sort of but she still didn't commit she she's like I'm not I'm not committing to anything until you are... 100%. You're here. You're here and, and you've got a job. She was she, she she needed to make sure I had a job because she... I have a lot of respect for this girl because she she she, she well, wanted someone a, that had purpose. Yeah. She's yeah. driving you, man. She's challenging, she's challenging you. Yeah, she was. And, and I was like, don't worry, I've got a job. Because before I left, the, the company I was working for said, if you come back, you've got a job. No yeah. worries at all. And they were talking about putting... Because I was working for them on ABN when I was here yeah. for the first time. And I said, if you come back, you got a job for sure. I will look at even setting you up in a van and putting you on full time. I was like, sick. I said, don't worry. I've got, I've got a job if I come back. And she goes, okay. So we kept in touch. And I, and I, and I um, got a, a job with a mate's dad of mine, a close mate from WA. And I was building shearing sheds. Helped him. He's, he's, a, he's a big... Uh, 
big builder for shearing sheds out in the yeah. out in the wheat belt of WA. That was awesome, man. That was so cool to do that. There's so much work in shearing sheds I never knew. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we were, where were we? At the back of Mount Barker, like um, near Albany there. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, freezing cold. Yeah. Probably nothing. But it was freezing cold for Australia, for what I felt anyway. And I did that, kept in touch with the with Rana. And I said, yep, three more weeks. We just got to finish this shed. So I was out there weeks at a time, went out there for a week. It was like four or five-hour drive from Bunbury, and he paid me for travel driving out there. Yeah. And then I worked and went home on the weekend, and then I was back out there. Did three weeks with him, or four weeks. And then um, it came to that time where it was time to hit the road again <laughs> for the third time across Australia. Um, this time I hooked on my, because I, I had a rental in WA, my, my house, and I had half the shed full of all my, all my plastering gear. And um, so, and I had a trailer, a work trailer, so I hooked that up and loaded that up with all of my gear because this time I was for certain that I'm going yeah. for good. And I pulled the troopy, I pulled the trailer back with the troopy and the troopy ran better than it did on the way back over here with, without a trailer because <laughs> I got so much work done to it in WA. Really? <laughs> yeah, so good. <laughs> I was sitting on like 110 with a trailer and it loaded up, mate. Fuck. Just humming along. It's beautiful. I just did some work on this and it's driving so nice and I'm about to sell it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, maybe I could keep it. <laughs> They're hard to get let go of, mate. Oh, man, it's so hard. And I've got a new one coming, but it's just like, oh, it's just so good. Yeah, yeah so, you, okay, so you get back. You, so, wait. so I'm on my way across Australia for the third time. But this time, mate, there was no stopping, like... I freaking... You're going for love. Mate, I was beelining, but I fooled this girl. I was like, I, I lied to her saying, I'm going to take my time and stay with some those friends that I did stay with. Yeah, because you wanted and to she, surprise her. I did surprise her, yeah. I That's exactly to, right. Man, I used to do that with my... Because I, I did feel bad because I traveled so much, but I used to do the same too. I used to go surprise her. Yeah. It was so, and she used to do it to me. I remember one time I was... Yeah, she rocked up at the train station when I was coming back from WA, actually flying back in. And my mum went and got her. They did a surprise and, like, she hid behind this pole and I got out. Mum was there to pick me up. And then she ran out. Man, I still remember that moment. That moment was just so fucking magical. You know what I mean? Because, <laughs> so man, good. I was, like, so in love with her yeah. at the time. And, like... It's it's the best feeling, man. Like, I love it. So good. All right. So, so, so you go back and you surprise her. How did that so, go? But, but the trip back, I was, like... I called her and I was in... I was in Tamworth at Hungry Jack's having a burger. <laughs> Tamworth has good steaks, man. You're eating a burger there? It's... Oh, it was the middle of the night, mate. He was like, oh, okay, it was like, yeah, it was like yeah, one yeah. o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and I told her I was in Streaky Bay at my friend's place. Mm. <laughs> Just so she didn't have an idea of where I was. She thought I was way, mm. like, mm. still like a good week or so away. Yeah. And, and I'd been on the road for a long time already. Like, I think I went for Broken Hill to Mullumbimby straight. Yeah, shit. Yeah, there was that's, a lot of driving. That's a 20-something hour drive or something. Yeah. All right, continue, continue. And then, and I, um, anyway, I said goodbye. I said, have a good sleep. I said, um, I'll chat to you tomorrow. Let alone I was going to see you tomorrow. 
<laughs> and I drove through the night, mate, and I got to Mullumbimby and I took a photo, you know the sign coming in Mullumbimby, Australia's yeah. biggest, smallest town or something. Yeah. Like. Took a photo of that and took a photo of her car when I rocked up and sent it to her because I knew she was asleep and I fell, just crashed out in the back of the troopy. And she obviously woke up to those photos. And next minute, she was knocking on my window. <laughs> she wasn't meant to go to the gym, but she was mad gym trainer back then. She used to go to the gym five o'clock in the morning every day. Yeah. And she got up early to go to the gym, seen her phone. Oh, shit. He's at the front. What the fuck? So she knocked on the door. No, come and get me. And I would crawl back in the bed. And she took that day off work and everything. No, she didn't take that. She took the day off the gym. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And had her yeah. sleeping with me. And I, I just crashed out in her bed all day. She went to work. But she was, it was the best feeling, man, just to see her and. And just to be back with her. Fuck, you're re-giving... Dude, you're re-giving the magic of love to me. Yeah, it was amazing, man. It was like... I'm not good with words, but... It's like I had found what I've been looking for. Yeah, and like laying in... feeling. How did you feel? Just like she was out out at work and just the feeling of like laying in her bed with her smell there. Yeah. Like just that. It's... it's, it's, Oh, man, you're fully... Like, I've had a couple of beers here, but you're fully reminding me of what it's like to be in love. Yeah. Fuck, it's so magical. Yeah. And, um, and, and that, that was it. It was like, that, that's us. We're, we're now together. And then that's where it all started, mate, the, our relationship. And then it was time for me to find a place, because I hadn't organised a place to live or, or I had, a, I knew I had a job lined up, but I had some close friends. Um, the psychologist I told you about, Andy, absolute amazing man. Like he's, he's such a good friend. He's a lot older than me. He's like forty something, but he's, he's helped me through a lot, and he's just, just one of those guys that you just you go to when you need someone to talk. He's like a dad, yeah, yeah. dad figure. And um, Ross is another close friend, and they, they actually opened up a, a space together in Kira. And they were on my back when I was in WA. So when are you coming back? We need a hand to renovate this space that we've all put our money into. And I was like, I'm coming back, I'm coming back. They were on my case as well with Rana. Like, I had like all these people on my case to get back. And my bosses were like, when are you getting back here? <laughs> we're yeah. busy. And I got back and I... Took a couple of weeks and I helped them get their space together in Kira, renovate it and that and um that that was that was a lot of fun. Um they they didn't pay me, I didn't want them to pay me, but they they paid me because they're both personal trainers. They said we'll pay you in training. Yeah. So they just said just work out what you've done and we'll we'll pay you that in sessions. Sick. Yeah, it's like that fantastic, it works out well for me. And um, then I hit up a, a good friend of mine just asking if he knew anyone that's got a place to stay. Someone's phone's ringing. It's all right. Uh, phone's ringing. Doesn't matter. I thought it was mine. I, was, I, thought the girl I don't was, even know I where my the, phone is. Yeah, it's on the dash. <laughs> it's ringing. <laughs> um, I thought it was it is, mine. Sorry. I thought it was the missus calling me. If I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the girls are up. Come home. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah. The girls. Oh, wait, wait, okay, okay, so... You get back, you're in love. Now it's happening. You're with her. I'm with you're her. You're back. You're it's going happening. back to work. Yep. I've organised. I've talked to the bosses. Said, look, I need a couple of weeks to help my friends get this space together. Then I can yeah. get back. 
And I had a meeting with one of the bosses, and he's like, yeah, we want to set you up in a van. Like, I hadn't even gone back to work with them. They're like, already talking. They want to buy a van for me and put me on a full-time gig. It's like, shit, okay. I didn't realise you were that serious about it. So that all happened, and then I found a place with a friend of mine. I'm living in uh, Mermaid, I think it was, just in um, like a, a resort, renting a unit. Yep. That, was, that was awesome. And the missus would come over every weekend, and... um. We'd hang out, man. We're having so much fun. So she was li- she was living in Mullumbimby. She was living in Mullumbimby so with her mum. Like an hour away then from Mermaid. Yeah, yeah it would yeah. have been like an hour, yeah, to yeah. get there from there. Eh? She was living with her mum, and um, she was she was in the process of looking for a place for herself to buy, and she found a place in um in in Pottsville, and uh, ended up buying a place in Pottsville, and um, moved in there. I helped her move in while I was I was still living in Mal- in uh, Mermaid and. She'd still come over on weekends, and then, like, th- things went really quickly with us. Very quickly. Like, some people would say we're stupid, but I don't... Hey, you know what? Love's love, man. Yeah, that's it. Like I was saying, like, my, my ex, like, I f- we fell in love with each other the first time yeah. we looked at each other. You can't... And then from that moment, yeah. it was just us. You can't choose who you know, like that, in love with. That her. relationship's gone now, but, like, man, that was seven years, like, from... It was, like, literally from the moment we looked at each other then yeah. it was just from that moment it was just us yeah you know what I mean yeah man I, I had a mate who met a girl got met a girl got engaged four days later <laughs> was married 12 days later and knocked her up wow so it was just so weird I remember he went to this festival and he came back with a wife <laughs> well, and I, I was young and I was like Oh, and I'm thinking that was so stupid and what the hell and blah, blah. But they're still together now. Oh, wow. They're a family. They're happily married. Like, it's like love has no boundaries, man. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, you can get lost in and, and And I understand why people, like, do try and protect their loved ones. But it's just like, fuck, man. Sometimes love is love and you can't explain it. That's it. You can't. Like, I couldn't explain that time. Like, you know, I've only really been in love that one time. But I was like, I couldn't explain. I couldn't fucking explain. What, like, I look people in the eyes... How many millions of people have I looked in the eyes probably? Like, it was probably, like, if you think about it, walking around and then there's this one person, I looked her in the eyes and just boom, that was yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It was the same. Was this, I remember she, we looked each other in the eyes and she said hi to me and I went, uh, 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 <laughs> and walked <laughs> off. <laughs> I couldn't even speak, man. Uh, yeah. I, like, literally just, like, had a testicle blowout and walked in. I go to my mates, oh, my God, there's this, there's this girl outside. She just... She just said hi to me, and I, I just choked up. I didn't know what to say. Like fuck it, like what? The... And at the time, I was living in I- Indonesia, and 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 I had heaps of confidence, you know. Like I was like I was like had heaps of mates, like could speak the lingo, like had heaps of mates around. But like I was just like I just felt like a dude. Like yeah. I've got to like talk myself up here, but I felt confident. I was twenty five years old. I was in the prime of my life or in the prime of my life now, but like I felt so confident and women didn't scare me. All right. I was very confident at the time to walk up and talk to any girl that I felt like talking to yeah. and just be like nice or what I just like I just wasn't I just had confidence. Yeah. And then this girl suddenly like she just looked me in the eyes and I couldn't even speak. <laughs> and I went in and I said to the boy I was so confused that that had happened and I was like what? And my mate, and I was like who who's that outside? And my mate walked out and I was like, oh, oh it's, just, it's that girl, like, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, fuck. And they're like, boys. And they looked at me like, you got to go talk to her. Fuck, you got to go talk to her. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And I was like, I just remember being so, and this had never happened to me. Like, ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And I just walked out and started talking to her and like literally it was like that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And then from there, we'll boyfriend, girlfriend pretty much for seven years from that moment. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like seven years. That's longer than any relationship I've been in. Yeah. Well, continue, man. Like it's just well, that's like don't like be embarrassed to say like it happened quick. It's yeah, like love, I'm not embarrassed. I'm just it's um. What's well, magic? It's you know? it's awesome, man. It's the best things are yet to come in the story. Anyway, they're yeah, not, they've happened now, but yeah. And um, so where were we? She bought a house, and we were talking, and and we just um, I said. Should I move in with you? And she she's like, yeah. <laughs> Might as well. Why, yeah, why not? Like, You're paying rent somewhere else. Yeah, I'm paying yeah. rent somewhere else. And, and like, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. If it does, it does. So before you knew, I was living with her. I moved in. Live, moved to Pottsville. Amazing, amazing little town. I love this place. And um, the rest is history. <laughs> and uh, just carried on mate and uh, that was when was that that was 2018 and had our first Christmas together um, was working full time she was working full time she worked she's a preschool teacher in um, Brunswick Heads and uh, we we when we first met the first question or not the first question we sort of just said hey young what's been happening and then then she cut to the chase when this was when we first met and asked me straight away she goes oh do you want kids which is fair enough, like, if you know what you want, you know what you want. Um, and I said, yeah, of course, I want kids. I said, I've always said I wanted kids by the time I'm 30. And she goes, all right, sweet, because she wants kids. And she, she didn't see the point of screwing around with someone that didn't want kids. Mm. So she just wanted to get that out of the way. So, yeah, anyway, we're well, living Well, in- it's, it's kind of like, it's... It's... Literally, like when you're like we're searching biologically, we're searching for a partner. Yeah, and it's like that's like one of the most important things. So it's like she's not going to waste her time or invest her time yeah, with someone that exactly isn't going right. to share the same values. Yeah. And relationships about like we connect with people that we share the same values with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we're living together, and then we had that conversation. We're like, should we just try and get pregnant? And maybe we weren't even together for a year. Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. and we're like, yeah, why not? So we just stopped being so safe. She wasn't on the pill, we are just using condoms. <clears throat> and, mate, we fell pregnant. I think it, when was it? It was like, it was Christmas Day. Like Christmas Eve, I think we fell pregnant. Like we conceived. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and then like... A week went by and, and she missed her period. She was late. She goes, I'm late. My period's late. And I was like, oh, okay. So she done a a, um, a, a pregnancy test. And the, line, and the line came up. But it was so faint. And we're like, oh, what does that mean? Two lines means it's pregnant. There was two lines there, but one was really faint. So we went and bought like 10 pregnancy tests. Yeah. <laughs> and they all came up with a line. We're like, Okay, we're pregnant. Were you scared? We were scared and shocked. Were you proud that you also knew that you worked? (laughs) I was. I was actually worried because I've had some problems down in that area. Not problems, but I've come across things and I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's going to cause problems down that line. Yeah. But it didn't. And I was like, and and we were shocked. Like, 
wow, that was that was that was easy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that that went on. Sorry, I'm just gonna. That went on, and um, that was our first pregnancy. And I think we were like four weeks pregnant. It was the middle of the night, and Rana woke up, and it was it was a, it was a week night, so I had to go to work the next morning. And we were that excited, we told everyone, even though people say you're meant to hold off until the twelve week part because yeah. it's a safe zone. We were, we were really excited. We sh- we told our family, and I told some of my workmates and my bosses, and um. It was the middle of the night, and I remember her getting up and going to the toilet. And I just, and I was asleep, sort of, and I just heard her scream. And I just woke up, like, shitting myself, what's going on? And I seen the toilet light on straight away, and I knew straight away, I was like, oh, fuck. And this is really emotional, and, and I went in there, and all I could see was blood. And I was like, Oh fuck! And, and anyone would know you, you, we lost the baby straight away. Like, it's 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 such a weird feeling, such a confused feeling. Like, why why did this happen? Why to us? And um, and I didn't know what to do. I, I just I just held her. She was she was an absolute wreck it was it was one of the hardest nights of my life just to try and be strong for her and um we went back to bed and she 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 fell asleep in my arms and and uh she she did send a text to her mom and her mom came around in the morning and I took the day off work because I texted the boss and said well we've lost the baby and um that was really, really hard. We had Shit, to we had to go to get an ultrasound just to make sure everything's out of there because sometimes apparently you have to get a clean out. So yeah. she literally just she miscarried. miscarried. Yeah, right and, and she felt wet in her bed and there was like blood on the mattress in the bed. That's why she woke up, went to the toilet. Cause oh she she thought she, she thought she weed herself or something like that. And yeah, yeah, and that was really hard, man. And um is it's 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 very common miscarriages it, it's it's one in three pregnancies is a miscarriage Shit. it's it's not a very talked about thing which it's is sad because it should like people need to talk about it and we didn't realize how much it does happen until we were obviously it happened to us and and lucky we had such a good group of friends around us and and like we didn't have much family like all my family's in wa i'm the only child and I left my family and all we have, Rana's only got her mum here. Her dad's up north and she hasn't seen him for years or spoken to him. And, um, but our group of friends and Rana's mum is what helped us through that. Anyway, life is life, mate. And that was, what? we just had to move on. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, but it's hard. Like, what did you learn from that? Like, do you reckon looking back that, like, 
because and the, the reason why I asked this is because like I was having a conversation with a guy yesterday about being in a dark place and it's like sometimes when shitty things happen like it's like how did you get yourself out of that um like like was there a lesson like I don't know like like did you, there wasn't what, like I, what was the 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 you know you said like life goes on and you move on but it's just like how did you move on it's I don't know what I learned from that, to be honest with you. It's this is like. But you just had to like. I just suck had to. I had to be, be strong like, for her. Yeah. Obviously, I was very upset, and and it tore me to see her in that situation and that to happen to her. Because um, how much does it suck too, especially when you you're in it together. Yeah. And to see your loved one hurting so much, and it's and and. And I don't know because I wasn't I wasn't there, but I know with with relationships that I've been in without having to say too much, and like when things happen like that, I, the only thing I can relate to is then them not feeling. And I don't know if this happened, and I don't get too personal, but it's them not feeling like they them feeling like something's wrong with them. That definitely did happen. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're not like something's broken yeah, kind of thing yeah. like that that you know what i mean and that like it psychologically plays a huge part yeah we we had so many questions but so many couldn't be answered because preg- miscarriages is just one of these things that happens it can just be a bad egg um and there's literally nothing you can do about it and <laughs> we literally all we could do is just be strong and move on like it's i wish i could say more but all I can say is just talk about it. If if you have had a miscarriage or have been or having one or whatever, talk about it. Don't don't be shy or don't be scared to say something about it because it's so common. Yeah. It's scarily common. Um and it's fine, it, it happens. It's it's shit. But life goes on, and and life did go on, and it's it's gone on to be amazing. <laughs> so so we moved on from that. It was a process, and uh, not long after that, it was Valentine's Day coming up. So my partner actually surprised me for a, a date night up in Brisbane. We both went up there, and. Um, we had a great night in Brisbane and uh as as you do you Valentine's Day you have a bit of fun you make love <laughs> yeah you make love <laughs> this is like t- two weeks after the miscarriage my partner she was so strong she moved on and just just carried on smiling and then I um a week later she was uh late Late again. Shit. Yeah, she was late again. And she was feeling nauseous every now and then. And I'm like, I reckon you're fucking pregnant again. This was two weeks later. She goes, no way. I was like, do a test. So I ran down the shops, done a test. She goes, I don't need to go to the toilet yet. I was like, I'll just wait. Anyway... She went to the toilet later on. 
and she came out and she showed me a pregnancy test two clear as day two big red lines like boom boom like not faded not anything just I'm like what the fuck I was like that's two weeks is that even possible she goes I don't know I'm like oh okay so we, we went down and got a couple more but pregnancy tests can only give you a false positive they can't give you a no they can only give you a false negative they can't give you a false positive which is backwards I think yeah 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 <laughs> so they weren't false because they were giving us all positives so we're like oh let's go to the doctors and get some blood tests done to see what's going on the blood test came back and her hormone levels were through the absolute roof mate and even even the nurses were baffled they're like we don't know what's going on here like either your hormones are through the, le- the roof because you had a miscarriage two weeks ago and your body's still trying to yeah, level out. Level yeah. out and that. But they suggested just, just go get a scan just to see what's going on in there. I was back at work and it was, she booked in for a scan. I think it was a Thursday. And I was working, I was actually working in Pottsville at the time, just around the corner from home. And she went to Kingscliff to get a scan. Back to the place where we went for the scan to see if we did have a miscarriage. And I think the same guy gave her a scan and I wasn't there I went, I went to work and anyway she called me back and I was like oh how are we looking like this was like this was a bit further along so it had been like yeah so it had been a while till we said I oh, will go for a scan like we, we sort of just Left it for a bit. I don't know the exact times and dates, but when she called me back, she goes, "Yeah, we're definitely pregnant. We're like seven to eight weeks pregnant," which worked out to be we fell pregnant two weeks after the miscarriage. Mm. And like, holy shit! And I and I was on the phone, and she goes, "And we're having twins." <laughs> and I was like, she was crying at this stage. And with excitement and obviously scared shitless, and like and I and I was like, "Fuck, what? You're joking, aren't you?" She goes, "Nah, we're pregnant, eight weeks pregnant. So we we're all further along than we were with the first one already." Yeah. With twins. <laughs> Shit, was so that yeah, scary? That but, was scary, but, man. But, and was were you as a partner as well? even with the excitement, but what about the insecurity? Of the, the miscarriage part? Yeah, of yeah. like it happening again. Yeah, no, that was, not, that was terrifying, not knowing if it was going to happen. We were scared, so scared. And, and Was that something that you guys talked about? Oh, yeah, big well? time, man. Like that, that crossed our minds so, so often. But you just have, we just had to try to stay positive. But I went back in the, like I got off the phone and I went back in, my boss looked at me and goes, you are right? Apparently, I was just like white as a ghost. <laughs> and I told him, I said, I just, we're having twins, man. And he goes, yeah, fucking go home. <laughs> Shit. He goes, go home. You went, you, you, you need to go home. Yeah. yeah. Go like, be with your wife. Yeah, so I went home. And we, we just, we just sat down and just, we cried together. Because I, twins never even crossed my mind, mate. Yeah. I don't think twins crosses anyone's mind. 
But Rana has always grown up saying she never wants twins. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, I, I don't even think of twins. I'm like, shit, I forgot about twins. I didn't even think about that. Anyway, so we took it day by day, week by week. And um, we did the scans as they recommend during a pregnancy. Um, and then um, during this time, I I got some bad news from back in WA that my um my nan passed away my mum's mum and um and we 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 knew it was happened she she wasn't a healthy lady but I had to I had to hop on a plane and um go back to WA but before that we 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 got a little bit of bad news about the pregnancy and we found out that um Rana Rana has a um a shortened cervix so um I don't. I don't know if you understand or no, listeners I don't know understand. What that means. So cervix is pretty much holds everything into the um, uter- uh, the uterus. I think. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's like a um, think of a, bl- a water balloon filled up, and you're holding the end of the water balloon with your with your f- with your fingers closed, and, th- and that's the cervix holding it. And in there, there's like this skin in between and it's like this lengthens they they go by lengthen um lengths and hers was shortened so it's weak so there's a chance of that water that letting go and the water balloon falling like everything yeah. falling out you know what i mean it's it's complicated to explain but it's it's not a good thing <laughs> no so there there was an option to have an operation where they sew it shut they call it a cyclage and she asked for that. There's my guts. <laughs> but they said, oh, nah, take these, take these, it's like um, steroids to strengthen it um, and, and it should be fine. And and that was shit news along with getting the death of my nan. I was like, like, again, yeah. that, we're like, we just thought like shit miscarriage, now this. Like, yeah, like, like how many, yeah, like how many times can you get beat, beat down? yeah. It was, it, was, it was so shit. Anyway, she was on these steroids, and I, I had to go to WA. I was in WA. And while I was in WA, um, I went and helped mum with everything, and there wasn't a funeral. She didn't have a funeral. She had a cremation, but no one went. It was, it was in her will or something like that. But I just helped mum get all her stuff together and sorted it all out between her sisters and my aunties. And then got, did that, and um, oh, during this time, we found out that we were having twin girls as well. <laughs> I miss that important. That they were girls. The twins were girls. Twins were girls, and they were going to be identical girls. It, yeah. So, that was exciting. When we heard twins, we were like, oh, it could be one of each. It could be one boy, one girl. Yeah. They call them fraternal twins. And um, so the, the partner was really excited because I've got two little girls. And I'm like, yeah, it's going to be amazing. And yeah, and in WA, and then I got to Perth and I was hanging out with a cousin. And Rana was due to go and get another checkup because of the cervix situation. And she had to go to the Gold Coast Hospital. We were 21 weeks pregnant when she went to the Gold Coast Hospital. How many months is that? 21 weeks. Oh, shit. 12 weeks is what? 
three months. Three months. So say five months, six months along. Yeah. Um, not far along, early. Yeah. And 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 um, I was waiting for a call, just to let me know that everything's all good. I was sitting at my cousin's, and um, got the call. I was like, oh, sweet, answered it. And all I could hear was crying. And I'm like, fuck. I said, babe, what's going on? And she's like, they've admitted me into hospital. Like, they're not letting me leave. And I'm like, what do you mean? What's happened? She goes, this, this, I have no measurable cervix. It's, it's, it's like, everything's gone. So there's like, any, like, the doctors were saying... It could ha- anything could happen. Like they could come right now. <gasps> they could come right now. They could come in a week. They could come in two weeks. They could come tomorrow. No one knew. The doctors couldn't give us any answers. And my partner was in such a mess. And I was on the other side of Australia. That'd be so scary. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. And I was like, sh- and I was meant to fly the next day. And I just caught up straight away. And I got the next flight out of Perth. And it was at midnight that night. Got the red eye from Perth to Gold Coast, and that was by far the longest flight of my life. Six six and a half hours. Six yeah, hours. like I've flown from Sydney to Dallas before. That was like seventeen, eighteen hours, and this felt longer. Yeah, <laughs> like I was just like, I didn't know what had happened. Like I, I could have landed, and because you got no signal like that, I could have got a had a missed call from someone saying that the girls came. Like if they came, they would have, no chance they'd live. Yeah, at twenty one weeks, that's. Yeah, they're not. That would yet. that would be a miracle, if like I think it might have happened before, but for twins, at least one would survive. But like, it was. But I, they're just not developed yet. Nah, they wouldn't have been developed. Like there would have been life lifelong problems. Mm. You you would have had to terminate. Because. You would have had to think about lifelong problems, and that's just not fair for something for anyone. So you would just ha- like you would have to decide whether to kill your kid or not. <laughs> it's shit. And I landed. I turned my phone straight on, got on the phone to her, and and everything was all good. Nothing's happened. She's just on strict bed rest. She couldn't move. She could only get up to go to the toilet. If, if she moved, she might promote. Like, yeah, like gravity. It... Gravity might take over, so she had to lay on her back. Holy shit! So her mum picked me up from the airport, and then I dropped her mum off back at home. She had to go to. She'd had enough. She'd be, she'd already been up all night at the hospital. And I went back to the hospital, and I finally got to see Rana, and it was. It was so hard. It just brought back that emotion from the miscarriage. And I I just ran to her and we just hugged and we just didn't leave each other's side for like an hour, two hours straight. I just told her, I said, look, I said, I know this sucks, but we have to prepare ourselves for the absolute worst scenario here because we don't know what's going to happen. And that was the hardest thing ever. Like we, you have to prepare yourself to, to know. To accept if they came. All right, it's happening. We're we're gonna lose our girls. And. And doctors come in and we're asking them questions. 
I didn't have answers, no answers, they didn't know. It's like we, we don't know what's going to happen. They could come in a minute, they could come tomorrow, they could come in a week, they could come in a month. Who knows? But all you can do, this is the best place for you to be right now and you're on strict bed rest until these girls come. So we pretty much moved into the Gold Coast Hospital. <laughs> oh my God. I was... We were there in the hospital. So she got admitted at 21 weeks and and I was there day and day and night. I did go home on weekends to cook because hospital food is not the best. I used to go home and cook batches of good good nutrient food and just like put it in the fridge at the hospital so she had something decent to eat. And I was going to and from the work and living at the hospital with her and just living on this shitty bed. So were you working much at all? I was full-time working, yeah. I was going to work every day. Holy shit. I suppose you got... Because you don't know what's happening, you still got to pay the bills. You still still got to pay the mortgage, still got to pay the bills. Fuck, dude. Life is hard. Oh, yeah, man. And, and like, you're not getting... Like, every four hours... you've got to do it. Yeah, every four hours they were coming in and doing observations on her. So I wasn't getting... I was getting working up every four hours. And she was also... That must have been so hard, but it, it, mind strength. When I, I'm, I'm just guessing, and and from because well, you did it, so I'm just guessing that you were just in a point where this is just what you fucking got to do. You just got to man exactly up and just right, do mate. it. It's got to do it, and I got to be here for her. And her mum was there while I was at work. Her mum was there every day. Drove up from Mullumbimby every day to spend the day with her daughter at the hospital Holy while shit. I was at work. How, how was she going through this? I'm, was she getting bored? Was she getting over it? Did she? Mate, we, getting... we were playing board games. We were reading. We were doing Sudoku. We were doing, yeah. you name it, mate. <laughs> um, and, yeah, we just took it day by day, minute by it was It was relentless. And um, we got to, so we got to 22 weeks. We got to 23 weeks. We got to 24 weeks. And every every day the doctors come in and tell us and give us these, say, all right, so if you get to 22 weeks, there's a chance that they will survive, but one might have brain damage and blah, blah, blah. There's all these, each week, Yeah. each week, obviously, you get closer to the safe zones. Yeah. But you're pretty much signing these papers at certain points, saying if you want your children to live or not, if they come. And, like, that is so hard. Like, my partner's already on strict bed rest, on her back. She's she's in this bed, this air bed that's got movement so she doesn't get blood clots. She And, and wearing these these big, long... These leg, socks. These, now, yeah, she had to wear socks, but she had to wear these, like, wrap-on things that pumped air around her legs. So it was, like, massaging her legs to keep blood flow so yeah. she didn't... Like for six weeks, mate, and the only time she her could muscles would have her muscles went shit. away. Yeah, she, she, I had to help her. She, the only time she could get up was go to the toilet or have a shower. I had to shower her and clean her. Sitting down, um, yeah, it was hard. Like every some days she would have good days, some days she, she'd just have enough. Like she's like, get me out of here. Like I can't stand this anymore. And I'm like, look, we just got you got to do this. Is like. It, she's she's a team she, yeah we're in it together like yeah. it's so it was so hard 
seeing her like that and each every day was the longest day anyway we got we got to 24 25 weeks and 25 weeks is a pretty it's a safe zone it's still not ideal obviously the longer you can hold on the, the, the better anyone knows that with pregnancy and we got to 25 weeks we're like yes we're in a safe zone there's a good chance that these girls will survive 26 weeks oh wow excellent and we got to 27 weeks. We're like, wow. And it was Monday. Monday, the 12th of August. I went to work. 27 weeks. She was in hospital, yeah. For, she was in strict bed rest. Six so 24 weeks. would be six months. 27. They were nine months, born at nine months. No, six months. Because our three months premature and pregnancy is usually nine months, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, six months. Okay, okay, okay. okay continue. Don't jump here. <laughs> and um, Dude, I'm so on edge. Like it's so yeah. And she started. It was on the Sunday. Yeah. She started getting um, minor contractions, like real, <sighs> real uncomfortable contractions on on the Sunday. Like, prior to this, they they sort of said, "All right, you're in a safe zone, so you can start getting out." And like, I used to take her for walks around there hospital in a in a wheelchair and that so she could go out and see the birds and put her feet in the grass and shit like that so that was nice but yeah this sunday was the 11th of august she started getting braxton hicks it was just it's just it's totally normal apparently with pregnancy it's just early contractions they don't mean anything it was scary because she's like no i don't want them to come yet she was so scared and i was as well but i was was like look if they're going to come now they're going to come now it's safe the doctors have told us it's safe. Is it three months premature? premature it's safe? it's not obviously not ideal, but it there's there's a very good chance that, that they will survive. And apparently, girls are stronger than boys. I believe it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that, but I learned that. So yeah, I went to work on the Monday, and and I, I, every day I was at work, I would always call out to see how things are going. And I called her on the Monday. She goes, yeah, I'm having a little... No, no, that's right. She said, no, I haven't had anything today. Like, no, no contractions. So it's, it's been good. So, okay, cool. I worked, I walked in the door to the room on Monday, 12th of August, after work. She looked at me and she goes, hey, bub. And she went, ah, straight away. I was like, what? What's wrong? What's wrong? She goes, oh. And she hit the buzzer. Nurses come in and she got a big contraction. She hadn't had one all day. And as soon as I walked in the door from work, bang, straight away. And I was like, what the fuck? And it was a big one. And then and the nurse said, oh, it's just, just Braxton Hicks. It can happen randomly. It happened randomly. So that went past. And then another one hit. And then they kept happening. And when they started getting close together, it's like, okay, these, this is contractions. This is, this is happening. And the nurses wanted it inspect and see what was going on down there but the missus didn't want to want them to do that because she was scared that it would aggravate something make something happen that yeah and i was like babe look we this isn't you're in so much pain i said you're scared i'm so scared but these ladies know what they're doing this this let them do what they gotta do so she's like okay so i was holding her hand it was it was so uncomfortable for her this nurse inspects and, and she's like, you're three centimetres dilated. 
the these girls are sitting very low. This is what ha- this that is mean? Like, is dilated. That mean like starting to open up. Her cervix is starting to open. Yeah, it's opened yeah. up three centimeters. Yeah, it's getting ready to come. It's getting Holy ready to come. Holy shit! And she goes, there. These girls are sitting very low and in the very awkward position. And they said, this is happening. These girls are coming tonight. And she's like, no, no, they, they can't. As a like, babe, everything is going to be fine. I I was so fucking scared for her <laughs> and I just I just had to try and just keep it together for her she was she was I've never seen her like this I don't want to ever see her like this again because she was so scared she was bedridden could hardly move because she had lost so much strength this is fucking real this is this like, is like this is life this is right real here. A, this is yeah, real this yeah. is this is the most emotion I've ever felt in my life <laughs> like mixed emotions like Cause scared so excited to to meet my girls at the same time, I, but scared for my partner because because mums can die in pregnancy, especially yeah. this was going to be an emergency C section because these girls were sitting so low, and they were so premature. It's too risky to give them naturally because they could die. Yeah. So that it was emergency C section. We knew that straight away. And the mum can lose a lot of blood, and the mum can die. And I was scared for every situation. I was, yeah, it was, it was fucked up. And Shit. and anyway, before we knew it, we were down in the in the um, birthing suite because we were in the maternity suite because we were there for so long. Maternity suite is where all the born babies go. So we had, we, like, while we were sleeping in this room for six weeks, in other rooms behind us and in front of us, we had screaming babies all night long. All brand new, oh, fresh. Baby. All brand new. Yeah. Couple of freshies. Though. Yeah, mate. Like it was crazy. God. But that were the comfortable, most comfortable rooms in the hospital where we could be safely. Yeah. So we just had to deal with that. So we went down the birthing ward, and um, I called her mum because her mum left before I got there from work, and I called her Daisy. The girls are coming. And she's like, I'm on my way. So she had to leave. She literally just walked in the door from getting home from the hospital. So yeah. she had to double back to the hospital. And um, we went to the birthing suite and these doctors that were going to um, get the girls out, come in and explain to us what's going to happen and this and that. And they suggested to me, they had an inspection and they did a quick ultrasound. They said, look, these girls are sitting in a very, very awkward, like, low awkward position it's it's too risky because <clears throat> usually they give the the mum an epidural which numbs them from the chest I think like I might be wrong people are probably saying you're wrong <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it's got an epidural and it numbs them from the chest down so they can cut them open they don't feel anything they just pull the babies out yeah. but it's too risky for like a nerve to flinch or something like that so they had to put Rana fully asleep like fully under, which is very rare. It doesn't usually happen that often with C-sections. And they suggested to me, they said, look, you can come in, but we recommend not to because it's not very nice because she's got like, she will have tubes down her throat and all that. It's not a very pretty pleasant sight. So I listened to them. I said, look, okay, which sucked because I couldn't be in there to see my daughter's being like pulled out or anything like that. So... They um, they did all the prep work on Rana, and I was just, I was there with her the whole time, 
this talking to her, this 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 trying to keep her as calm as possible, which was very very hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's hard to keep calm as at the best of times, mate. <laughs> In this situation, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and then and then it was time for them to go into um, what do they call it? What do they call it when they go into the room? Um, into surgery? Yeah, into surgery. But there's a word. Theatre. Into theatre. That's right, isn't it? Theatre. And that was... I broke down because they were pulling her away in the in the bed. And I, that was... It. She went around the corner. I'm like, fuck. I said, anything can happen now. And I'm not there to be there for her even though I can't do anything. Anyway, so I waited in that room that we're in. The nurses said, I'll come get you as soon as they're out or we know anything. And it was, I think she went into theatre at like probably 10 past 6 p.m., 10 past 6 at night. And mate, it felt like I was in there for like hours. I was only in there for 10 minutes. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, I, like, I swear it felt like hours and hours and hours. I called my dad, just told him what's going on. He's, he's just telling me to keep it together. I was like, yeah, I am. Yeah. So many things are going through my head. Don't know what's going on. Is everything okay? Just, just, just going over, over, over scenarios in my head. I'm like, what the hell? And I see a nurse running down the corridor. And, and as she looks at me, she smile on her face. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's a good sign. And she goes, they're here. And she goes, what? And it was, what was it? It was 6.27 and 6.28. They were born a minute after each other. Shit. And Rana was fine. She goes, the girls and mum are fine. And that was the biggest relief ever. I just broke down in tears. I was about to say, it was so funny because it was like, I'm picturing all this as you say it, and I'm picturing you, before you even said that, I was like, I would break down straight away, just that relief, just, oh my God. It's like, all of a sudden, I'm like, I was a dad beforehand, but like, I'm actually a dad. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. I said, can I go see him? She goes, yeah. And she goes, just, just give them, just give us 20 minutes and, so we can get them out and get them to Niku and um, get them all, like, cleaned up and that. And I was like, when can I see Rana? She goes, oh, she's got to recover from the surgery and this and that, so you won't see her for a little bit. She's got to wake up. I was like, okay. But she's okay. She's like, yeah, she's, she's, she's doing well. She's fine. I was like, good. She goes, only a little bit of blood lost, not much at all, which is totally normal. I was like, right. And, and anyway, so I waited. And she took me through the maze of the Gold Coast Hospital, the back back maze where all the nurses and doctors walk behind the scenes stuff, <laughs> through to the Niku. And I walked into this room with these little incubators. They were in separate rooms when they first went into Niku because the twin room was actually being occupied by other twins and I walked who did I see first I think I seen Hazel first 
So I named them both Hazel and Lola. Two girls. Um, Hazel was the first out. 628 I think it was. Or 627. <coughs> Weighing 850 grams. Shut up. She, she was tiny. 850 grams. Yeah. Not even a kilo. Not even a kilo. Not even a kilo. She was the size of my hand. Like, like what? So so fragile, so small, and so perfect. Just laying there, just so vulnerable. It's like I've never seen anything. Like when I was walking to the NICU, I'm like, you, you I just, showed me photos earlier, yeah. man. And it's when I was walking to the NICU, I was preparing myself just to because I know I've seen photos of premature babies because. The whole time we were in the hospital, we You're were we, we, we were googling photos of them. Like, wow, mm. they they they're not very pretty looking things. <laughs> mm. They are quite. They look like little old men. <laughs> yeah, right. little wrinkly old men, red as red. And I was preparing myself for to be sort of freaked out in a way. Mm. But I walked in and I and I was like, wow, how amazing. <laughs> It's so scary seeing something so small. It's like, how is, how is something like that big alive? Yeah. Like, like their I, hands I, the size of my fingernail. Holy shit! And shit like that, and my thumbnail. You got little, little miniature babies. <laughs> yeah, they're micro prams. Like, yeah, very, very. Yeah, very like it's very rare. Eight hundred fifty grams. Yeah, eight hundred fifty grams. That's Hazel. That was Hazel. And then um, lo- while I was in with Hazel, I got to touch her. She goes, "Do you want to touch her?" I was like, "Can I touch her?" She's like, "Yeah." So I, got, I had to clean my hands. It was very very clean in there. Like the NICU in Gold Coast University Hospital, the staff there are amazing. Like we spent a lot of time there, and they know their shit. Mm. Like, yeah, it was amazing. And um, then then I could go see Lola. So I went and seen Lola, and she was she was our she was a little tank. <laughs> she was she was a hundred grams heavier than Lola uh, Hazel. She was nine hundred and sixty grams, one hundred and ten grams. Heavier. Still not even. So she was the one because I know with twins, like one will like kind of steal the nutrients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, that can happen, and that that can actually happen to a complete um disappearance. Really? Yeah, one twin can fully just. Dis- disappear they call it twin to twin transfusion one twin will fully just take all the nutrients and the other twin will just disappear while it's still in the uterus it's like the other twin ate the other one yeah it can happen it's very rare but it can happen but yeah obviously lola was getting a little bit more than hazel not too much so it was pretty not pretty healthy like and then the doctor came in that that um brought the girls into the world and uh, he told me he said look he said that that pre- that birth couldn't have gone any more perfect. He says the girls came out still in their sacks. Oh my god! Yeah, like in their in their own little sacks. So he says it couldn't have gone any more perfect. How's that for the gift of life? I know, crazy. How and do that, they don't like when babies come out? Don't they like normally smack them to get them breathing? Um, yeah, so... How do you do it with something that's... So, so I think grams. they cut... I think they cut the, um... The sack. The sack. And then they... I think they help them. They, sometimes if they don't... They struggle, they, they give them a little... 
tube. Yeah, like like ventilation. Yeah. I think they had to for the girls a little bit just to get them going. Part of me, um, yeah, but they were good. And yeah, Lola was a little a little nugget, <laughs> and she still is to date. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Was that my foot? But it, oh no, it's the, it's, yeah, it's oh. the, yeah. So, how, did, how was Rana? She was still asleep at this stage. She still hadn't woken up from the surgery. Um, but eventually she did. Daisy, Daisy rocked up and she called me while I was in with the girls and I went out the front and went and seen her and um, she was excited and so scared because she wasn't sure because last she heard that the girls are coming. She, yeah. Obviously, I didn't talk to her while she was driving. I said, the girls are here. I said, do you want to come see them? And she said, absolutely. So she came in and see them, and she was blown away by the size of them. And just, it's so hard to picture now, like, seeing them today and then picturing how small they were. Yeah, you're going to have to send me those photos so I can, I can, I can put them on the website because... They were tiny, man. Yeah, like it's like hard I'll, to. I'll get confirmation from the partner. Oh I'm yeah, sure only, only if you're only if you're comfortable. I'm comfortable doing it. But just like they were just tiny, man. Yeah, so small, so so small. Like I, I, I okay, I would have been. I, I did not know that babies could survive being three months premature. Neither did I, mate. I, I didn't even know three months premature was an actual thing. <laughs> yeah like I didn't know an incompetent cervix was a thing I didn't even know what a cervix was mm. <laughs> I didn't even accept twins like all this stuff we learnt the whole like yeah we done a lot of research and learnt a lot while we were in the hospital from all these doctors and that so <laughs> How was it when Rana woke up and got to see, see um, her daughters? So we, me and Daisy were in the NICU and then um, all of a sudden they, they said that they were going to bring Rana into the NICU on the bed once she wakes up. And we're like, okay, so we waited there for her and just hung by the girls. And then we got a nurse coming and she goes, oh, Rana's back in her room. We're like, oh, what? Which was over the other side of the hospital. <laughs> like, oh, they said that they were going to bring her. She goes, oh, nah. She's she's a bit drowsy. I think she needs just needs to rest. So Rana didn't actually get to see the girls. Um, for a little bit, I think she did see them that night though, but not until she sort of came to it and just chilled for a bit. So we went and seen her, and it was so good to see her, just with a smile on her face. Yeah, because she was just doped up on painkillers and. Just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just real strong painkillers. And I said they're here, babe. I said they are so perfect. But she's a bit drowsy. Oh. Mm. <laughs> anyway, so we went. I think like a couple of hours went past. This was getting late into the night. I was I was so wrecked. I'd already told the boss. I said the girls are coming, so he knew I was taking the day off the next day. So I think I took a few days off. <laughs> And um, we finally got to take Rana through to him, and um, she seen him, but she couldn't really have the emotion that she would usually because she was still yeah drugged up, drugged up a bit. So she was a bit dopey and that 
when she's saying them, but still so happy. Yeah. Just to see that they were they were um healthy and alive and doing well. And then um and then we got the news from the doctor that is in charge on the Nika and she goes, Alright, so that's out of the way. Now this roller coaster starts. <laughs> um, she said Niku can be a world of hurt. She says some babies do so good and then all of a sudden they're not doing good. She said it can, it's an up and down, it's a mix of it's it's a play on emotions, it's a play on so much so many levels. I'm like, oh God. <clears throat> But she said, your girls are strong. Girls are a lot stronger than boys. They are at 27 weeks, which is a good gestation. She says, she told us that they have had babies in there weighing only 500 grams. Not twins, because twins, twins are that early is no, no chance. But single, single babies, like they've had single babies in there at 500 grams, like tiny. Yeah. I think even less. So she was giving us a lot of hope. And she goes, the staff in here know what they're doing. And then we're like, okay. So so we all went back to the room, say goodbye to the girls, just let the nurses and the doctors, because they had to do little operations just to get tubes in and this and that to help the girls' breathing support, all this and that. They were, they were like, are you seeing the photos? Oh, actually, I haven't even showed you photos of all the wires hanging off them and... Shit, yeah. mate, it was, it was, that must have been so hard to watch. It was intense, mate. And we all went to bed. I woke up the next morning, went and seen the girls, and they finally all settled in. And all these noises, like all these beeping, all these bubbling shit we had to get used to. All these alarms going off and all these monitors. Every alarm goes off. You're like, what's that? Is, that, is everything okay? Yeah. Sometimes the girls will stop breathing, <gasps> and all of a sudden they'll start breathing again. You're like, fuck. And the, and the nurses say, look, all this is all normal. Like, you'll get used to it. It's like, when if you see us panicking, that's when you panic. But we never seen them panic, so it was all good. <laughs> but we st- even if the alarm still goes off, you're still like, what's going on? Like, yeah. You're so jumpy, you're so on edge. Because um, it's a primitive mind, man. It's a survival. It's, it's, it's yeah. preparing. I don't... I, I, I don't know because I'm not a parent, but I can only imagine. Yeah, it's um. So yeah, so we're in EQ. We were in EQ for pretty much the same time we were in hospital. For the same time, Ron was on the bed. Six to seven weeks, we were in EQ. Um, and that was a roller coaster, man. Were they growing? Like they were growing. They were going well. They're not on the teeth. So they're not how, on the teat. Um, how, how do they get a nutrient? So as soon as Rana give birth, they rip the placenta out, which causes a reaction in the body, which starts producing the cholesterol and the, I think it's cholesterol, and the breast milk. Yeah. So Rana had to start... Pumping it. Yeah, like um, manually doing it, just with their hands, to get yeah. the cholesterol... Uh, I can't remember what they say. And it's just tiny. It's, it's yellow. Yeah. That's full of nutrients. And you just... Point mil like a mil, not even a mil, mate. And they'd break that up. That's enough for the girls. Half a mil each. That's enough for the girls. Yeah, right. Yeah, crazy. And like every day, you get a little bit more. We'd be so excited over like two mils, mate. <laughs> we we'll like jumping like, yeah, two mils. Yeah, you're doing so well. And um, 
and then the milk would sort of slowly come in and then Rana Rana would pump and, and have like stockpiles in the fridges in the girl's room and they'd only give them tiny like 10, 5 not even like as they get bigger they, they go off their weight they divide it's like all divisions yeah like whatever the weight they are they divide it by number and that's how much milk they get now obviously giving them um, like medicine as well like pentavite which is just full of vitamins and like all these drugs and that which are like needles and it was, it was hard to see but yeah. it's like it, it has to be done yeah you gotta do what you gotta do yeah like yeah it was hard to see and um, days went on we had our bad days we had our good days and then we we had to um because we weren't staying at the hospital anymore, we had to get accommodation and we couldn't keep driving up from... And Rana would not leave them. Like, there's no way Rana would go home. Yeah. And we had... And the hospital had to arrange accommodation just down the road in Southport. So then we were living in a motel room. And um, days went on. It was hard days. Rana started producing lots of milk. And then um, from... What a hard time in your life, man. It was so hard, mate. It went for so long. Like, I, I don't want to go by day by day. It was did, such a long... Did you ever feel like just... Did you ever feel like like just... Was there ever times where you just needed your space and just be like, how... Like, just... When is this going to end? Yeah. Like, we just wanted them home. But we couldn't. And, and like, I would go home on weekends, obviously, and spend a night at home to get a decent night's sleep and cook some more food and get some space. And while we were doing this, I was renovating the house to get the nursery <laughs> ready Shit. and that, and working. It was hard. It was, it was mentally hard. It was so draining, but you just had to, like you said, you just have to do it. You've got to, yeah. what can you do? It's yeah. not, no one else is going to do it. You've got to do it. Yeah. And, um, and then they went, they were, they were progressing really well, like, the the NICU staff were saying these girls are doing so well like they're they really really impressed with how the girls are doing so we had a good run in NICU like we had a little ups and downs um then they went off the oxygen and they're breathing by themselves so that's a milestone there's all these little milestones they have um changing their nappies in the NICU with all these little whiles mate these nappies were like the size of like my palm <laughs> Yeah. And they were still too big for him. It's it's crazy. And um I'll show you some videos. I got so many photos. I don't know which ones to send you or which ones you want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um and then we um once they get to a certain milestone and a certain weight and they are breathing by themselves, they they get transferred to um special care, which is right next door to Niku. And they finally, and that day came, and that was that was a, that was a really happy day. Like, yes, the girls are out, breathing by themselves. We could carry them, have like skin on skin. The first day, Rana got to hell one of the girls, which was fuck. That must be so hard for like a mother too to not be able to like just have the girls. Yeah, well, usually they like skin on skin straight away. Yeah, once the girls are born, but Rana couldn't have it until like two or three day, two days after they were born because. Um, they had to still get these certain wires in and that. And um, they just wanted to give the girls a little bit more time. But the day Rana got to hold, I think she held, she held Hazel first and I held Lola first. And that first day you get to hold your own kid, like, this is the best feeling in the world. Like, she made that. 
yeah, we made that. And just watching Rana have the first hold, like, it was, it was so, so, ha- so nice. Yeah. Just to see the love on Rana's face. And the love you have for something, like, you can't explain it, the love that you got for your child. Love, so many people have told me, like, having a, having a kid is the best thing in the world. And I never could understand it. Like, I suppose you can't, but until you have your own. And then you understand it. Yeah. And it's the best thing. Like, my life is all about them now. It's not about me anymore. Obviously, you still got to have a little bit for yourself because you got to keep sane and you got to keep healthy. But it's about my family, mainly. Like, i got to provide now. i got to provide now for these two or three girls yeah well you're not a boy anymore from that from that moment it's no. just like straight up it's like you're a man yeah but there's so, there's so many families out there that have probably been through worse than this like and like I couldn't imagine going through anything worse than what we've been through yeah yeah it's and I take my hat off to them and res- so much respect for people that have been through worse and I do I don't. take my hat off to you like I'm I I can't. Well, it's it's something I can't even relate to. But I'm, I'm sitting. At, it's just like I can't imagine being in that same scenario. How hard it must be. Yeah. You know, it's in a way, it kind of seems like a a nightmare with a miracle ending. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. Yep. And um, we went through the hospital stage, and we finally got him home, mate. After oh, how long was that? We were in Niki for. Six to seven weeks, and I think we're in special care for four weeks. So, ten weeks all up, the girls were in that hospital. Is a fucking long time. So dude. ten weeks plus the six weeks that Rana was in hospital. We were in hospital for sixteen weeks. Holy shit! So that's four months. That's insane, man. Yeah, we were in hospital for four months until we got the girls home. So what was it the feeling like that first night at home? The first night at home was so bad. It was amazing to get them home. We were so, so excited to get them home. We just wanted them home. And we got home, we're like, fuck. We, we've brought them home too soon. <laughs> yeah. Why? Um, like, we thought we had all the problems in the hospital. When, once we got home, we had more problems. <laughs> the girls had colic. They wouldn't tolerate Rana's breast milk. They would scream in agony non-stop after every feed. They would spew. They still spew, and they are almost one. Like, people say, yeah, baby, spew. But no, these girls spew non-stop, non-stop. Like, the spewing now doesn't affect them. They just spew and just keep carrying on. Like, they call them happy chuckers. Um, But when they were younger, when we first brought them home, they wouldn't tolerate Rana's milk. We don't know why. And we had so many bad, bad nights. And um, we had one of the worst nights ever. And we made the call. We're like, we've got to go back to hospital. We've got to take these girls back to hospital. We don't know what's going on. They're not, they're not, like, they're not sleeping, which babies don't sleep. But they're just screaming in so much, so much pain and spewing so much. And we don't know what to do so we ha- we went back to hospital and we had to spend a couple of nights in hospital again <laughs> and we rocked up we we felt so stupid 
like saying we don't know what's going on yeah and we're like we're just like like I said we feel so stupid because no one knows what to do when you go have the baby yeah it's like so new like we we missed all the classes we missed the breastfeeding classes we missed how to burp we missed because we were in hospital this whole time you know you yeah. go there's all those classes usually with your partner and you learn how to breastfeed you learn how to burp you learn how to yeah do all this stuff we we missed all that so we didn't know what the hell to do <laughs> and um turns out we got taught how to burp them wrong <laughs> we got taught how to burp them like by patting them on the back and they're like no no way like that is that is what you do to a sort of a bigger baby but with micro prams and such small fragile babies and refluxy and colicky that just aggravates everything <laughs> so we're like we who the hell told us to do this? So we got told this special way, and it did help a lot. Still didn't help completely. So anyway, we spent a couple of nights at home, and we went back at the hospital, and then we went back home. Thought we had a down pat, and it started getting a little bit easier, but um, they still didn't tolerate Rana's breast milk, so Rana sort of, we didn't breastfeed. We pumped breast milk and gave it to him in the bottle so we could both feed one at a time. Because with twins, it's like I take my hat off to mums that breastfeed twins. That's yeah. nuts. I take my hat off to mums with trip like triplets, man. Like insane. <laughs> that breastfeed as well. It's yeah. nuts. But um, and then we tried them on the bottles, and they still wouldn't tolerate it. So we're like, we don't know what's going on. They're just not liking the breast milk. So Rana tried to change her diet around. Didn't help. So like screw this, let's just try formula. So we went to formula, helps so much. So they've been formula fed babies for most of their life now, like and um they still are but they're on solids now and they're doing well. And we're all at home now and it's how much did they weigh when you got to take them home? Two and a half kilos. Holy shit. Which is still a very, very, very small baby when it's born. <laughs> they weren't even um their full correction age when we brought them home. So what about now? Now that they're one, are they back to like well, an they're not, average? They're one on the 12th of August, so they're what, they're 11 months. At being 11 months now, are they at the size that they should be at 11 months? Do like babies catch up or do they stay like, so, will they always be? So they say with premature babies, you, you work, so when people ask how old they are, you go, all right, they're 11 months old, actual which is the actual age, and, and but because they are three months premature, which is 11, 10, 9, but they're eight months corrected. Because their yeah. due date was actually the 9th of November, but they came on the 12th of August, so they're three months premature. So you say, yeah, they're 11 months actual, but they're eight months premature, eight months corrected. And they say that with premature babies, you do that up till they're two, and then two, the age of two is when they when they sort of it catch kind of up. Balances yeah. But um, the girls at the moment, they are doing amazing. We had a big checkup only a couple of weeks ago up at the Gold Coast Hospital. They call it the development checkup. And the physios and the doctors are bloody blown away, mate. Like the girls are like crawling, they're standing by themselves now and everything and sitting, holding them up. And the doctor was asking us, he's like, so the girls sitting there like, with a pillow behind their back, and we're like, "They're, they're standing, bro." <laughs> like, he's like, "Really?" We're like, "Yeah." Like, 
It's like, wow, like, that's really good. <laughs> They're doing so well. Like, everyone is just blown away by how well these girls are doing. And Rana, like, myself and my partner are just... How is it going now, but, like, now that they're they're eight months correct or 11 months out... Yeah. Like, how's life for you being... Going through all that exhaustion? Um, is it still... Because you've still hectic. got newborn babies. It oh, still it's, must it's, be so exhausting. It's, it's, it's relentless, mate. It's so... It's non-stop. Like, Rana, she, I've, she's amazing. She's, she's every day with the girls. Yeah. Like her mum is helping. Her mum has helped us every single day. But now, as the girls are getting older, Rana has started doing um, one day a week by herself. So her mum gets a bit of a break. Yeah. So her mum has been an amazing, amazing help. We we wouldn't have been able to do this without her. Um. But Rana, she's she's a soldier. She's she's out of her depths though but she 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 admits it too but she's doing so well <laughs> I'm out of my depths but you just you just gotta do it is anyone ever in their depths no you know what I mean like <laughs> I'm just like I, I just it, having babies like I just couldn't even couldn't even know what to do like I take my hat off to you and I was just, just yeah. like fuck man it's it's non-stop like I, I'm at work every day and then you get home there's no break straight into the girls Rana's had them all day. I've got to take them off her hands. It's very hard, though, because I get home. Dinner's got to be cooked, though. And it's like, it's that area where you're like, oh, shit, do I cook dinner? Or, but if I cook dinner, Rana's got to look after the girls. But Rana's had the girls all day. Or do I take the girls? And Rana cooks dinner, but Rana's had the girls all day, and she's got to cook dinner now. Mm. It's fucking hard. Yeah. Yeah, and there's days where like I get home and I walk in the door and I s- sense straight away Rana's in a shit mood. The girls haven't slept all day. Yeah. Because there's days they'll sleep, there's days they don't sleep, there's days that they're silky. There's do, days. That do you come home like praying, like going, oh, please hope they've had a good day? Oh, I know. I'll know before I even leave work, mate. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'll get a text from Rana saying, "Today is fucked," and it's like, "Fuck." It's like, that's the last thing you want to hear. It's like, I've just, like, I might have just had a fucking shit day at work. And it's like, now I've got to go home to a, an upset girlfriend and crazy babies. And it's like, you don't want to do that. You don't want to get home to a cranky girlfriend. And <laughs> so I've got to get in, I've got to walk in the door with like trying to like put a bit of a good vibe in the air. So what's going on, babe? And try and just turn it around. So look, what they didn't say, oh, shit happens. We'll get through it. We've got through it before. It's all good. It must be so hard. It must be like, man, just a roller coaster of emotions to do this. Like, it must be so draining. It must be so hard. It must be so rewarding. It's you know what I mean. Pressure, and all yeah. the like, it's just a roller. Man, it's uh, this story. This story's taught me so much. Even just the fact of like, okay, you've reminded me about love. You reminded me about being a, a team. You reminded me about like having a partner. You know what I mean? Like being in that team, and 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 you've also reminded me like of like what life's about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and like what you're capable of. You know? Yeah. Like what you're capable of of like, man. And like people always say it. It's just like, 
I remember Jordan Peterson said about like best adventure you would ever do. He, he was talking about. I remember. I think he was talking about how rewarding it is to have a family and how hard it is and how and if you want a challenge. And he was saying like, and he was talking about. He he said he. Oh, how did he say, how do I say it the right way to say it how he says it? I remember Jordan Peterson says um, about women in the in the workplace about chasing a career. Yeah. He said choose wisely when you if you're going to chase a career um, because he said to he said the best thing the most important thing in life is like family. And it's also the biggest adventure and the most rewarding and also the hardest and the yeah. biggest challenges you like. So if you want to have all that, he said, um, he said your career, if you want to chase a career, he said it better out trump that because that's the most amazing thing you can have in life. So he said, don't cut yourself short by thinking that a career is going to be more rewarding than being a mother. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, I just remember yeah. his words saying that. And I just remember, I've never thought of it like that. I've never thought about like how beautiful the gift of life is and how hard it is and how rewarding it is. You know, I'm not a father, so I don't know. But like this, you telling me this story relates to like what he said. And when he said that to me, it was like a penny drop moment. Just being like, because he was saying the most important thing in life is family. And he's like, and he, and he was like saying like as a warning to young women like chasing their, their like um, to go out into the, in like and chase a career. He's like, also just remember you you are able to have the most amazing gift ever yeah. given to you. Yeah. And he's like, he's like choose wisely. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And it's just like like you going through this and watching the emotion and everything that like you've just said. And I'm like so blessed and so honored that you've like got me to tell this like story because it's like yeah like I never hear stories like this like that's so fucking hard yeah and there's mate i guarantee there's crazier stories out there about no, no, but this like situation just, as well but, but just the adventure around it's like like and <clears throat> in, in a way it kind of like makes me feel like a pussy of like as in like you know we we hear stories about like an, an adventure that was like four or five days or someone like pushing themselves to the limit you've been you did that freaking six months eight months not you're still doing it. You know what I mean? <laughs> we, yeah, we both are still doing it, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's over a year. Like, it's a year and a half. You've just been going hard. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's been, um, you know? It's, it, like you say, it's it's so rewarding. Like, seeing these girls grow is the best thing ever. Coming home to them in the afternoon is the best thing ever. Like, you walk in the door, and they'll be, they'll be playing in their playpen, and, like, not looking where you are, and you just call them. And they just know the like, It's so nice. It's just they just know your voice, and they just smile straight away before I even turn and looked at you. Because your daddy. Yeah, they just know your voice, and it's so much fun. I just like I said, they're spewy, so spewy, and it's it's really hard with um. They call it refluxy babies. Like you to go anywhere, like you can still go places, but. It's just that spewing. it's just that spewy thing. It's like oh, something you got to worry about. But they're getting so much better because they're on solids now and they're eating a lot more solids and a lot less milk. So they're not spewing as much. Like, are they sleeping through the night? So yeah, some days they won't sleep, but through the night they sleep. We're we're really lucky. 
they we, we put them down usually seven seven thirty and they but they're really early risers so they they're usually up by five yeah maybe sometimes four thirty shit yeah like it must be so hard. like friends of mine that have had babies because we're at that age now that yeah. you know a lot you've, of people have a lot of friends that got our babies yeah, yeah. and <laughs> it's just funny like I my mate Terrell he's, he was talking about like um, Thea his daughter and like you know it's just like when she wakes up you're awake it's just like and, and I hate the alarm going off you know that's going to get me up but it's yeah. just like you know she might wake up at 2am 3am 4am it's just like that's uh, and yeah. I just remember him telling me well that's when I get up now yeah Whenever she does, I'm up. I've got to. Yeah. I'm up. I've got to see to it. And and it's that whole like yeah. also like. You know, it's a it's a team. So like, it's a team. You got to give mum a break, mate. Yeah. That, that's, that's my priority. Like obviously the girl's my priority, but the other priority is, trying to take as much stress as I can off Rana. Fuck. And it's fucking hard with twins. <laughs> yeah. If it was like I'm not dissing parents with one child. But fuck me, it'll be so much easier with one. Yeah, <laughs> like I like one's. Imagine that like one's crying. I can't. Oh, I can't like one's crying. And yeah, one's like, crying. You're trying to get him, then the other one goes off. And you're like, yeah, oh. and it's like then then then, then mum does have to help. It's like fuck. I just want. Yeah. I want her to chill. I want her. Yeah. To then this one throws up. You're like, oh, gotta get there. And then that one, throws, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, man, it's fucking fun. <laughs> Funny and fun and fucked. The three Fs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Funny, fun, fuck. Yeah. This is oh dude yeah oh but um <laughs> yeah so we got him home we had um had a little daddy failure moment I told you I'll tell you about this story of the pram with the scar on Hazel's head oh okay yeah <laughs> the the moment I almost killed holy possibly could have killed my daughters. Just wait, I need a piss. So do I. Oh. Can we, you just yeah, let's just pause. No, 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 let's pause. See, you had a daddy mishap moment. Yeah, big time. <laughs> it was very stupid, very, very stupid mistake on my behalf. Um, usually every afternoon we'll go for a walk around our estate with the girls in the pram. This was, um, it was quite... Oh. I can't even remember how long ago it was. It was a while ago now. And uh, I was pushing. And um, <laughs> I don't know why I did it, but for some reason I decided to go for a run with the girls in the pram. By run, I say, like, it was a sprint. I, 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 was, I was moving pretty fast. Don't know why. Um, all of a sudden... The wheels lock up on the pram. The girls are facing forward in the pram. Wheels lock up and I flip, the pram flips. It's like riding on your bike and you go over the handlebars. I went over the handlebars on the pram and the girls ate footpath. Flew out of the pram? No, they didn't fly out of the pram. That's that's what probably saved the girls. They were They were buckled into the pram. Because they were so small at the time, the pram housing, the canopy came over where like where they were sitting, so the canopy took most of the brunt of the footpath, and then obviously they were strapped in, so they still moved, but they didn't fully connect with the concrete. They they, but if they weren't pra- strapped in, which we don't really strap them in anymore, only a little bit, but that's 
that's what scares me the most. But that happened, mate, and and I have never moved so quick in my life. I hit the floor. I've I've screwed myself up. I I was grazed all up my arm and everything, and I flipped that pram back up, mate. And, and the silence was the worst thing in the world. Like that silence, and then all of a sudden scream the worst scream you'll ever hear in your life Rana was behind me and seen everything happen if she had a gun that day she probably would have used it on me yeah yeah I can imagine lucky we were just around the corner from our house and we picked the girls up like inspected them like they they had blood like over their face and that like scratched nose grazes on their heads like I'm an idiot for even talking about this but we make mistakes man yeah it's just we're only human yeah it's not like I did it on purpose it's it's literally a bloody stupid mistake I shouldn't have been running I shouldn't have been running with a pram or a non-running pram you can get running prams out there and um yeah it's just just going to show how fragile life is that like babies are and but at the same time they're not that fragile they're actually really robust like we were so scared we got home we were so scared of brain damage that we fractured their skulls or something like shit like that Rana was a mess the girls were screaming it was like we gotta go to the doctor we gotta go to emergency it was just coming on dark the girls hadn't eaten they're like fuck they haven't eaten we gotta feed them I said, I'll feed him in the car. Rana had the drive. She goes, I can't be in the back with him screaming like this. I said, I'll go in the back and feed him while we're driving. But I had to keep him awake at the same time. But they were so tired because they'd been up so long. They were falling asleep while I was feeding him the bottle. So I had to literally keep sort of tapping them on the side of the faces to keep them awake. But they were screaming because they were tired and they wanted to go to sleep. But I couldn't let them go to sleep because we didn't, want them, because we didn't know if they had a concussion or anything like that. It was fucked, man. <laughs> we were flying to, flying to Tweed Hospital. Well, I think Rana was hitting ridiculous speeds in our car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we got to the hospital. We rung up beforehand, like on the way, saying, we got twins, we've had an accident, we're on our way. They're like, no worries, come straight through. Because there's no waiting for babies. Yeah. You, you, go, you go straight through with babies. So that was great. And, mate, we got him in there. Put them on the beds. The doctors, in, as soon as we put them on the beds, mate, they're rolling around laughing. Like, the kids were, the babies. The were. babies were back to their normal selves. Like nothing has happened. They were like, "What the hell?" <laughs> and the doctors looked at them. And like, oh no, they're fine. Just a little bruise on the head. They're all good. I'm like, oh, "Fuck!" But one of them has a scar. Yeah. So Hazel, Hazel, I think, copped most of the brunt of the um the pavement. And she has a um a scar on her head. Which helps us tell them apart now because they're quite identical. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> but they don't have any hair. Like they got such short hair. Like when we go for walks, everyone mistakes them. They think they're boys because they they look like me. Like you look at them, man. They like fuck. They look like you, Bernie. Like even as me as a baby, you, you put a photo of me as a baby. They look like me as a baby. Shit. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> it's it's funny. Man, what a what a nightmare. Like what a what a fucking terrible memory to oh no man like far out imagine yeah but how funny is that going to be like telling that at the 21st yeah i nearly killed these yeah, <laughs> these guys. but i'll never live that down mate yeah i was, I was about to say i bet your missus would never let, let nah, you live that down she'll never let me forget that fuck dude 
Poor Hazel's copped everything. I accidentally spilled boiling water on her as well. Oh, dude. On Hazel. Like, Hazel again. Lola hasn't copped any. <laughs> Just shit like that. And it's like, but then you hit, like, when I tell, because some of my workmates have kids and that, and I tell them about this, they're like, fuck. Yeah, I've done that. <laughs> so, it's oh, like, man, it's yeah. like, and they tell me shit that that's happened to their kid. I'm like, what? Really? They're like, yeah. They're like, like, they'll be inside the house and the fans will be on and they'll, like, throw them up and their head will hit the fan and shit. <laughs> this shit like that. It's, oh it's so yeah. funny. I'm sure I was dropped many times. Yeah. <laughs> and even when we were at the hospital when this happened, we were telling the nurses what happened. And they're like, oh, that's nothing. Yeah. Like, you should hear some of the stories they were telling us. I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> like, people leaving their, like, they'll go, have the pram outside and they'll go and put the baby in the pram. And they'll come inside to go grab something and the baby would flip out of the pram. Yeah. Like, they didn't clip the baby in. Shit like that. Yeah. It's just so normal to happen. Baby's falling off the change table. Yeah. Because you you like you let go of the baby, grab a nappy, and just rolls off. God, man, it must be so hard. It's it's you're on edge all the time, and now they're like standing and like holding onto things and standing. We got tiles to our house. It's like, oh, yeah, they're gonna fall if they fall and they smack their head on the tile. It's like far out. So we're putting like rugs everywhere, like yeah. <laughs> laying rugs everywhere. Uh. But once they start walking, mate, that's going to be next level. Fuck, dude, it's so scary. Not so sc- scary, but so exciting. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 but to hurt a kid, like, every time, like, I get past a kid, and, like, you're trying to hold the neck and everything, I'm yeah. so scared, like, something's yeah. going to happen. They've got that soft spot with a, you know, the, where the where skull, the skull hasn't, hasn't yeah. closed Girls over. still got that. And you're so scared. Yeah. yeah. All right, man, well, um... Dude, two hours and forty minutes. Let's get let's get out of here. Thanks. <laughs> Far out. Wait, dude. Thanks so much for um for telling me your story. No, all good, man. Like Thank I was saying for... just before, you like you reminded me of like, well, first of all, I've never had such an insight of being a father and like what what it takes as a couple as a partnership to be able to um create lives. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I'm hoping for when I go through it that like like you're saying like you take a hat off to people that have it worse it's just like holy fuck man it's just like I don't want to imagine anything that that seems so hard it's like I like to have good sleeps <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean you get used to being tired and I, like I was telling you earlier like my, my neighbour like Adam like watching his his daughter was so good and now, right now she's like going through this stage right now she's four and it's like she's going through the terrible twos and I was like watching her the other day throw these tantrums and I, and he was like doing his best and he just couldn't eat. and she was for days man she's just throwing these tantrums smashing things breaking things just screaming over nothing either yeah and I'm just I was just there and I was like D- I, you just scared me off having kids <laughs> right now I'm so scared so I, I don't know what to do like you're try- like you're okay Mabel what's going on she just screams and like smashes yeah. things yeah alright man well um yeah let's get out of here but dude thank you so much no worries, man. thank you thank you for having me on so if you like this episode please feel free to share it and leave a rating and if you have or know of anyone with a wild story please get in contact with me through my instagram aaron underscore shanks or the website diaries of the wild because i'd love to sit down over a beer or a coffee and hear it Yeah, but-
Yeah, I do it like a double.